Gotta love it. But seriously, I mean, do you got, give me the, like, we're friends. You can tell me if I'm out of my mind. But I just, I don't think the highball gets nearly the coverage it deserves from the general public, right? Like, the, the old-fashioned, everyone kind of understands it. For yeah, the palate that wants a little sweetened, a sweetened cocktail, they can kind of mm. boost that sweetness up in that drink if they want. But what if, what if we converted ten percent of Captain Morgan drinkers to Toki Highball drinkers, or whatever whiskey, Jim Beam White yeah. Highball drinkers? I think that I think that that's closer to being a thing that we can pull off. I I do think I've I've long held the belief that the whimsy of bubbles in a drink make it something that people scoff at. Huh. Okay. I think that there's, there's something inherent about it not being a, like a full adults cocktail. It's because, not grown up enough. Yeah. Cause there's something fizzy going on in there. Mm. And that's the only, it's the only commonality that I've found between people that don't aren't interested in, in a highball or even soda water. Like it, there's something like, in the same way we've talked about on the show before, in the same way that we like, we just gender everything that drinks with effervescence, bubbles, carbonation, always end up being viewed in a feminine light. Sure. And it's just stupid humans that, you know, arbitrarily decided that. Yeah. But I think that that's a barrier that a lot of people can't cross. Huh. I, I, yeah, that's an interesting take. My take on the matter is that. Uh, most people that are newcomers to sort of home mixology and ordering a cocktail at a bar don't know what the fuck a highball is. Yeah. They don't know. They just think it's the glass. They don't know that it is a drink. Uh, Long time highball obsessive. It's become kind of like a cheat code for me at basketball games and shit. If I go to a Timberwolves yeah. game, give me whiskey and soda water. I'm yes. giving, getting a de facto sort of uh, 100%. Highball this treatment. is kind of what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think that people, if they knew that it was simple and satisfying and they knew they could just say, give me a highball, too many people don't know that, that is a, yeah. that's an order option. You can say, give me a highball, and then they'll say, well, what do you want in it? It doesn't have to be whiskey, but if you yeah. say whiskey highball, there it doesn't have to be the highball glass. That's the misnomer, that it has to be a highball glass. It doesn't have to be a highball glass. If you say, give me a highball, and they don't have a highball, they'll put it in another glass. They're just going to you know let you know, well, we don't have highball glasses. Guess what? A ranch water is a highball. I mean, yeah, like, you know, yeah. how many millions of people are ordering sure. those, right? And it's super satisfying and very simple. And it ticks boxes for me that I don't always want something bombastic. I want something that is satisfying. And with a good whiskey, we're drinking Toki highballs. Toki is incredible in a highball. And you don't need any fluff. A lot of places now that do highballs will have like a highball menu. Yep. Because they're willing to educate people. Oh, we make highballs, but we have like six of them. And some of them have like lychee or yuzu or grapefruit, like all sorts of stuff. And they're tasty and they're refreshing. For me, I want just, just give me a highball. I don't even need the lemon twist. Just that's give me the soda water and give me the whiskey. Exactly what's in your glass right now. That's, that's, man. And I really love, I love the experience that it gives you with the spirit as well. There's just, there's mm. something that, that you achieve through dilution like this. Yeah. That, completely changes it to me. And I think you get a little bit more of the nuance. Like there is definitely a little bit more of a fruit sweetness to Toki than I notice normally if I'm just drinking it neat or, or on an ice cube. Without question. Um, I've been doing honestly more in the last month I've been doing tequila sodas and same thing. The, the beautiful honey sweetness to agave is so prevalent when you put it with some sparkling water you get the little bubbles popping and you get that aroma right off the top. And then 
it just opens up a whole bunch more. What a great way to enjoy your favorite spirits. Yeah. I like, I'm always connected. Like the highball was such an easy ladder for me to climb because when I was DJing, if I had beer and shots, which is what I started with when I was DJing, people could always tell if I was out of a drink and they would just go buy another one and then, you know, make whatever terrible request. And so I started <laughs> switching to soda water and then I could put spirits in it if I wanted to. So I could do a gin and soda or I could do a vodka soda yeah. or I could just have soda water. And then no matter what, yeah. I always had something refreshing there and I could control my own consumption a little bit more. And it just developed this lifelong love for me. And then I remember the first time that I had a highball in New York, I was like, wait, what? Cause I had literally <laughs> never put, I had never put whiskey in, in sparkling water before. And that was like, oh, this is it. It's everything I love about whiskey without any of like the saccharine sweetness that you always get from soft drinks. And to me, the sweetness, all I need is in that whiskey. Boom. 100%. What about you, Easy? Have you been a long time highball no, no. enjoyer? Absolutely okay. not. Okay. I'm, I'm, this is a little bit why I'm like, okay, tell me if I'm just out to lunch here. Because it's like, you know what I think of is like, the, do you guys remember the end of Seinfeld, the last mm -hmm. episode? When mm -hmm. they just like, I think they start talking about the very first conversation they ever had on the first episode of Seinfeld. And they're like, wait. Are we totally, are we out of things to talk about? Have we reached the end of things to talk about? <laughs> yeah. And so that's where I'm like with highballs. It's like, you know, it's not, this is not a new thing, right? This is not, a, pairing, you know, Jim Beam or Toki with charged water and, you know, is not a new thing. But gosh, we have this nice ice all over town now. Mm. We have, yeah. you know, restaurants that are in bars that are really into curating that experience of less is more like there's machines around town at the Hewing Hotel at Volstead's in Michigan, the Toki highball machine um, that makes it just, you know, you can order a highball and have one in, you know, five seconds if you're sitting at the right spot at the Hewing. I mean, literally, right? Right. Um, and it just, I, I don't know. I just, I've, um, I want to drink, I want a little lighter drink. I want a more refreshing drink. I want um, just, you know, something that doesn't, doesn't have to, Punch me in the face. Yeah, manageable <laughs> proof. Yeah, manageable it's proof. Some, well, it's, yeah. A, it's a great day starter. Yep. yep. You're at the Hewing. Day starter. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. I, I, no, no, no. Or can't drink all day if we don't start with, in the morning. That's but you're totally, totally right. But I love going to the Hewing early if I know I'm going to go get dinner with somebody. I was just telling Quam when we were having a cigar a couple hours ago about meeting with my friend Jared, and we started at the Hewing. And I knew, I know when I hang out with Jerry that we're drinking a lot. And I was like, <laughs> we all have no friends. brainer. We're meeting at the Hewing so that we can have highballs. Start out with That's, a couple highballs and, yep. you know, you can at least manage, you can manage that slope. It's not black diamond right away. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Very well said. This is like, this is one of those drinks that in the 40s they would have said, like, it restores your vim and vigor. You know, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, gives you exactly. a little pep in your step. Drink it to sober up. Exactly. Yeah. Drink one, it while you exercise. Have one to sober up before you go home. <laughs> now, borrow a cigarette from your doctor. <laughs> stimulate your Q zones. <laughs> yeah. It always cracks me up. You know, we're still in the middle of all this COVID shit, and I feel like we're getting another wave of it, and it's getting bad. And people are like, they're so demanding from like the medical community and it's like bro in my grandmother's lifetime we didn't believe in germs so like this is all still pretty new right you know like doctors were smoking while delivering babies totally when our parents were alive <laughs> like that is you know and like just because they figured some shit out doesn't mean like everybody agreed with it overnight 
You know, I guarantee right. you there were still doctors <laughs> in the 70s and 80s that were like smoking outside the room before going in to deal with people. So you just wonder like it doesn't surprise me that we're we're still connected that that closely. Absolutely. I mean, for Christ's sake, some people still think the world is flat. I, no, yeah. okay, we won't go there. No, like, I do. We, we have. But that's all that needs to be said. I mean, <laughs> yep, I, what you else guys, is there to say? I like. I know. I am. I am. I am a masochist because I bring it on myself. But man, I fucking read the comments, and I'm oh, just I, fascinated. Like going on Reddit and just reading through what people are just putting out there publicly. I just don't understand. The very lowest form of humanity, probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't. It's just it's the comment section of anything uh, that's. Yep. That's you know very. Never uh, read the comments. No. No. I know I'm not supposed to, but I can't help it. There's so yeah. many dumb people, and that energy. You kind of want to you know peek behind the curtains, like oh yep, yep, still lunacy. There it is. Yep. Okay. Still pure lunacy out there. Okay, got it. <laughs> like just, the doctor with his cigarette. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I better get in there. <laughs> oh, hold on, let me get two more puffs. Two yeah, more puffs. Takes a slug of his scotch. <laughs> puts puts the scalpel in there. Yes, that's fine. Uh, that's it's fine. good. Everything's fine. It's good now. Oh well, you did touch on ice. Uh, we have some cool stuff coming up. So I thought it was I thought it was kind of fun that we sporadically or not sporadically we spontaneously reached out because in the middle of what we're calling winter. It feels like a, an elongated fall right now. Yeah. But um, do you want to, well, first you want to introduce yourself, reintroduce yourself to everybody and then let them know kind of what you have coming up. Cool. Yeah. Gentlemen, Eric Eastman from Minnesota ice uh, purveyors of the nice ice and uh, um, nice experiences to uh, all the good folks here and yeah. not just uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, but in the upper Midwest and really nationwide, we service the entire United States with, uh, our cocktail ice, and uh, we send sculptures all around the, the Midwest. And of course, we, we love our, our home base here in Minneapolis, St. Paul. We're fortunate enough to work with around 400 of the best uh, restaurants and bars in the in the area. That's so, just amazing. Yeah, yeah, like, it's crazy. Getting to watch this all just slowly build is is really really just jaw dropping. Yeah, it's it's been a total blast. Um, last, you know, I've been with the company about seven years, a little under seven years. Uh, the company's uh, started in 2013. We just had our 10-year anniversary um, through a nice party at the the Dayton's Project, and uh, had a great time there. Um, but yeah, we've you know we because the, the, the company did start as an ice sculpture company. Uh, that was the initial um, product that we made. We uh, built a robot. Our owner Robbie Harrell built a robot. To, um, Basically, it's a teeny version of the, the big things that we have now and uh, made ice sculptures. And uh, we've gone from there to now this year, we're building a massive ice bar down Nicollet Mall right behind the Four Seasons uh, in conjunction with the Great Northern. That's going to be the end of January for uh, that weekend and then the first weekend in February, I believe. Yep. And 100 foot long uh Bar completely made out of ice. Completely made out of ice. Uh, I love the fact that you're literally you're you're like the old dad joke that you could sell you could sell ice to Minnesotans <laughs> in the winter. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Oh my god. But, yeah. Yeah. But you're I mean, legitimately but that's, doing that's, it. That's, uh, we're legitimately doing that. We uh, you know, what, what we all want in winter or faux winter, whatever this is, uh, here on was this January second? Um, we're uh, we need experiences. We need stuff to do outside. During in the in the winter, and at least at least I do. Like I can't, I just can't stay 
cooped up in my apartment and go, you know, from dart from garage to garage. It's like, you know, let's, let's put on a winter coat and a hat and go do things. You know right. what I mean? Um, and so that's, that's, a, that's a, a lot of what this is about. And then it, it's about um, really pushing ourselves creatively. Can we create something that's beautiful and functional and help, and help folks locally like uh, restaurants and bars that want to participate let's 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 all and strengthen relationships with you know current friends yeah. and then make new friends that's just that's really what uh um has been very rewarding about the last 7 years is um the number of relationships that we at Minnesota Ice have kind of uh, started and kept and grown uh you know including yourself so <laughs> it was really kind of fun getting um getting to hear about all this because we had, like you had told me about this idea um, in many iterations oh, yeah. over the last couple of years. This has been being spoken into existence since about 2012. Yeah. Not, not that long. But um, now here we are actually rolling Actually it doing it. Yeah. And, and it's, it was a, it, the idea first kind of came to us at the office when we were sitting around during COVID doing literally nothing and being like, look at all this friggin' ice we've got. What can we do? Like, can we make something fun? And so we started thinking about how can we what is it that we can do to create a really long ice bar, work with people uh, here in the local community and uh, give folks something to do. And it's, it's been, it's, it hasn't been like, um, gosh, what's the right turn of phrase. I mean, it's been fun. It's been, you know, we've, we've, just trying to we've been trying to see what works what doesn't and COVID is back and now it's gone and it's back again and you know it's like we've just there's just so many starts and stops and I've worked with so many amazing people um kind of along the way on this idea uh and that's really what this has uh is so far I mean this is not the plan is this is the first this is version one yeah like this we're gonna do this every year right and doing it the first year really is kind of the proof of concept on what it can be and what it can do and how um, it can just bring people downtown. Um, I mean, there are, there are folks that still don't uh, enjoy going downtown, and I, I really hope they can um, take another look at that and come join us and have, have a great time downtown. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to having all those people out there. You know, like just there's there's a different feeling in in the city when people are are embracing the cold weather and excited about. It. Remember Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, like down Nicollet, and there's just that was just all kind. We made a twenty foot tall lii. Well, first of all, we actually made a, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm gonna mess the numbers up by like a foot or two. We made like a very large lii. It was let's call it fifteen feet, and then you know the NFL looked at it and said, nah. Let's do it bigger. Can you move that one? <laughs> it was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get the flamethrower. Let's do that. So they actually, you know, our, our, uh, the guys at our company, Robbie and Mark and everyone figured out how to, how to move it. And they did built another one. <laughs> I, I just, just love the, the idea of them being like, nah, move it. Nah, let's do it again. <laughs> it's the NFL. Yeah. We I do guess. whatever we want. Seriously. Cause we don't I, pay taxes. I'm sure you've experienced a lot of that with, NFL and NFL teams in terms of getting what they want. Oh, sure. And just, yeah. well, yeah, yes and no. I mean, like there are, um, sculptures are a, a, a tricky beast. There, uh, some people just like really know exactly what they want and they've done it before. They've seen it before. They've ordered them before. And then some people are, and this is like through no fault of their own. They're just, you know, they have absolutely no concept of what, the ice sculpture process is and then um 
And so that's kind of my job is right. Is to say, Oh gosh, you know, that's super interesting that you want a, you know, 12 foot tall letter P for your daughter Penelope's graduation. And you think that that should cost $150. That's, (laughs) you know, that cool. Like, let's talk this through and I'll, 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 I'll talk to you about how we would, we would do that and what the actual cost of that project might look like. So, you know, I mean, it's, and I mean, we just did, we, we uh, did a bunch of sculptures for the Timberwolves holiday party uh, last week. It's fantastic. They had a a great time and uh, we made a huge Timberwolf um, and some, uh, some logos. It was super fun, super fun. And that, that, um, that process of seeing people like, I I can't even imagine what people are going to, think when they see a hundred foot ice bar but just even the small sculptures every now and then you know we get to the literal bottom of the barrel and i have to go set up an ice sculpture right because like literally every single person at the company other than me is something you know they're they're working or something yeah um and so when you set up a sculpture man it is it is uh the the wow factor is it's there every time i mean Mm -hmm. people come up to it they want to touch it is that real ice and then they like you know it's just it's a it's a real cool process that uh and and phenomenon and try not to lose sight of that you know we're working with these things and are absolutely brilliant artists um trevor and chris every day and they just do such amazing work and they'll be leading that installation uh over at the four seasons i just i can't wait to kind of see how that visually turns out it's it's going to be incredible <laughs> so awesome and, and to have a road shut down like you know yeah such a, a major promenade through the middle of a downtown city to have that shut down i just think it's going to be something really cool and again remind people how wonderful it is being here in the winter. Yeah, you know, like- ex- exactly. I mean, there's where, I mean, you could do this in Bismarck, but then you'd, you'd be in Bismarck. <laughs> sorry, no, sorry, sorry, Bismarck. I love you. We, my, my, this, is a, this, is a, this is a true story. My, my father, uh, who's from here, uh, and, you know, it's been married to my mother for 53 years. Um, they, when they were getting towards the end of their, uh, careers they're both in academics dad was always I, for for reasons i still don't quite understand it was like 64 percent joking and you know the rest kind of not joking uh he's like you know mk my mother's mary Kay. he calls her mk mk i think i think we should retire to bismarck <laughs> and and i would just like my sister and i would just be like wait i'd like what like what are you talking about like what's in bismarck you know like and he used to work on like uh on oil rigs and in Montana and stuff. And so I was like, are you trying to reconnect with your like childhood, you know, jobs out there? But anyway, uh, so they, they didn't do that. They're, um, they're, they're here in in Minneapolis and, uh, live right down the street from the four seasons. Amazing. So mom, dad, uh, and Aaron, who also lives right down the street. uh, Come on out. Where they're going to, we're going to be counting on you to come out to the, uh, to the ice bar. That's uh, exciting. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. We'll probably we'll we'll film something ridiculous, Charles. Yeah, why not down there? Why not? <laughs> it's it's always great when you can kind of like take that and harness that energy because mm-hmm. being outside when it's cold and having nothing to do is no fun at all. Yep. But being outside when it's cold and there's something to do, that's like among the most fun things yep. for me. Like, I love there are a lot of events throughout my life that if you if you said like name like the twenty most fun things you've done locally event wise in your life, like some of them would be like Bachfest at the Shells Brewery in New Ulm, Minnesota. But as cold, like as cold as it can possibly be a couple of years. There's one year is three below and the next year it was seven below. And our drinks were freezing. But we had a blast because mm-hmm. we bundled up and we knew what we were getting into. And it's just when you can harness that energy, it it's 
a lot of fun. I would love to throw this out there. Frozen libations for everyone. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there are different libations for different folks. Yes, there, 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 is. there you go. There it is. Right. And uh, I mean, you're, you're totally right about like, I remember one year, I mean, there's some of those experiences that you have outside when um, in, in the winter. One of them was uh, the, it was actually coincidentally uh, for the Great Northern. And it was right after I'd moved into my apartment in Lower Town, they had an event at the St. Paul Farmer's Market where like Thomas Bamer and Adam from St. Inet, they were uh, cooking and did all this open fire stuff. And it was like, it was the last, the very end of January, 2016, 17. I'm going to mess that up. I think it was, uh, let's call it, it doesn't matter. It was in the teens. It was in the before COVID In the before COVID but it was just such a blast. And I remember I had to go upstairs periodically to my apartment because it was so freaking cold. And I, my choices in footwear were just atrocious. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, all right, I got to go reboot the, 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 the footwear here. Um, but yeah, those, those experiences are, man, are so memorable. And yeah, the, the, the freezing slushy beers and the, it's, I don't know, people think we're nuts. John, you know, John Whiffley once, uh, bef- a year before that, we did, um, we were doing a photo shoot for my buddy Bill's company, Brightwater, and we uh, got uh, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of us, have I told this story? Stop mm. me if I have. No. Um, we, he, so it's, he has a kind of a luxury outdoor brand um, called Brightwater that, you know, he sells um, Nobis parkas and pair jumpers. It's a beautiful, beautiful store in Excelsior. And uh, so he does a lookbook every year. And this particular year, we uh, we drove up to Eveleth, Eveleth, yeah, and uh, actually rented a Bentley, okay, to drive up to Eveleth just for you know shits and giggles. We needed interesting stuff to photograph besides yeah. like my stupid face, right? <laughs> and uh, plus, there are a lot, there are many pretty faces there. This mine was not one of them. But uh, so we, we worked uh, and we rented a Bentley and drove it up there first time and last time that since that I've driven a Bentley, which drove like a freaking rocket. It's insane. I mean, I don't even I have I'm not a I like cars or whatever, but I'm I don't, not knowledgeable. When you thought about touching the accelerator, this thing just leapt. I mean, it just it wasn't it was an acceleration that I am unfamiliar with. And so we get up there and it's uh. I could scroll through my phone. I'm not going to do that, obviously. But it was like, it was, I want to say mid-February. It was, so it wasn't like, you know, January. This was maybe even the, towards the end of February. And it was a semi-warm day. It wasn't like it was 50. But again, this is an Evelis. This is way up there. And so yeah. as I'm renting the car, I tell the guy, I'm like, you know, don't worry. I won't drive it on the lake or anything up there. He goes, he goes you know, why not? He goes, why not? Yeah. Get, get the content with the Bentley. Let's let's go. I'm like, well, where's oh. your buddy? I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> and so I get up there and I tell Bill, it's like, so Bill, I don't, I don't know. It seems kind of warm. Should we, should we really drive this Bentley on the lake? And he goes, absolutely. And I said, you're sure it's like not a problem. He's like, absolutely not a problem. I'm like, all right. So Elisa Johnson, Paul Butenhoff, Bill Danberg, and I pile in this Bentley one afternoon on this photo shoot, and we drive around the lake. And then there's, I've never ever driven a car on a lake before i was 40 years old we go around the lake and there's a place where you just drive down on the lake and did you guys know there's like lanes on the lake there's like there's like a lane that has been plowed and the lane is like just wide enough for this car and it's uh i would say like you you could not stop the car and like swing the door out fully 
Okay. And so we're driving this. So there's no room to like, if you decide, nah, this doesn't work. You can't like turn around. Yeah. There's none of that. <laughs> right. So, yeah. so we're driving and I like, I'm kind of getting a little anxious telling this story. Because <laughs> <laughs> we get, we, we're driving for a minute and I can kind of feel, and I'm going to make a motion here. Like I, we kind of feel the car, like the back of the car kind of going south, kind of going down. And so that is a very unnerving feeling. Yeah. Right. And then there's water that starts to kind of splash around. And I'm just like, Bill, we're sure that we're good. And I'm driving the car right now, right? Yeah. Lisa's like taking my photo, terrified, driving the car. And so long story short, we get to this place on this lane. And about 30 yards ahead of us is what looks like open water. No. I, I swear to God. Oh my open God. water for like basically... I mean, it's in a lane, yeah. right? So it's so there's like there's literally like five feet of snow on either side, four feet of snow on either side of this lane, and there looks like there's about you know twenty, thirty yards of open water. And I say, Bill, are you seeing this? And he goes, Yep, keep going. I'm like, Are you serious? Yeah. Like, do you want me to keep going? And so I keep going, and the car just starts doing all these crazy things. And my, I'm just, I literally, it's one of those experiences where, in a matter of three seconds, we were probably through it. But during those three seconds, I was like, okay, where's the windows? I haven't used the windows in this car yet. So where are they? There they are. And then I wonder, like, does my insurance cover this? Does, like, <laughs> is there, how does this work? So we, we fishtail our way through that, and we get to the other side of that open water, and we get out, and we're just like, okay, so let's take some photos on the ice. And my, I remember there's this one photo, and it, I, I could barely walk. My knees were just yeah, like you were a just mortified rubber. So. They were rubber. Anyway, that's that's my. Uh, you needed to yeah, get the, rid of some cortisol before you could smile. Right. <laughs> so uh, anyway, at the ice bar, there will be no driving of Bentleys on frozen lakes. <laughs> at least Wuss. by me. At least by me. But yeah, uh, then then the 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 post mortem of that story is then guess what? You have to turn around and drive back through that. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. I like I'm I am oh absolutely gosh. mortified of that idea, oh, and I've I've driven plenty of shit out on the lake, but it's only at like sub zero temperatures. I just I've I've watched two cars go through ice before, and oh, I knew no bad mortifying no yeah. So and plus everybody like you know the plus size guy in the room. I'm like they'd be like oh it's because Quam was in there yeah and like you can't no 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 I'm not that's not passing the grade school recess test. Uh-uh. I watched an ice house. Go through the ice last weekend. We no watching, kidding. Yeah, we were watching Grumpy Old Man. Yeah. <laughs> 30th anniversary. Come on, I want to lay you. I kind of want to poke you. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that movie is still great. Still did you it? Sorry, that was a long story, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's a great story. <laughs> that's amazing. I was on the edge of my seat. I need a sip of this alcohol. <laughs> Calm down. Fuck. Let me take another alcohol. Fireside chats. And with... you gave us a great idea. LFE on ice. Yep. There you go. Okay. I mean, Yeah. Frozen cocktails with slushies. Yeah. And dancing. Because, you know, uh, and dancing. Because, you know, I mean, like, it's, I don't know what it is today. It's 35 today. I mean, you know, when this ice bar gets thrown up, it's going to be, like, 30 below. Yeah. It, it will not be like this. It will That's be freaking frigid. It will be absolutely freaking frigid. Bring your, bring your parkas. Bring your, bring your mittens. Bring your hats. Man, I got air-gapped boots during COVID, and that is absolutely the cheat code of all cheat codes for keeping your feet warm. That, wait, I don't even know if I know what you just said. Say that again. So I have, um, thanks to a late friend of mine, John Pillsbury, uh, he bequeathed, he bought the wrong size boots and rather than return them, he gave them to me. Oh. And um, they're Sorel 
uh, outdoor waterproof boots, but they have an air gap built into them so that even if you're just standing on ice, your feet won't get cold. Whoa. There, it's okay. absolute, like, it. literally an absolute game changer. And I hate that phrase, but it changed how I get ready. Cause like, yeah, because my feet aren't cold ever now. So I don't have to layer up as much to try and like cover for that. But oh my God, it's incredible. Spend the money. It is yeah. so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, I mean, same for me with the winter coat. Yeah it's, just, yeah, it's just a complete game changer, like you say. It's it's, it, yeah. I got my my Carhartt bibs, and I throw throw those on, and half the time I'll have my jacket open because everything else is just so warm. Even when it's, I mean, literally when when a friend of the podcast John Buck and I were cooking, and it was eleven below zero. At one point, I took my coat off because I was too hot. There you go. Like That's you just got to go that route. Yes, you do. Never bad weather, only bad clothes. That's that's, that's what Bill says all the time. Bright water, seriously. That's yep. the, I mean, it's the truth. That's like a it's like a colloquialism in Scandinavia. Yeah. Okay. Like, there you strangers go. will absolutely shun you for that. They'll be like, "Oh, shitty clothes." That's you know, that's on you. That's mm. right, because you're you're familiar with Norway, right? I am. Yes, yes, I am. I am the the Viking, the resident Viking of the show. There you go. But yeah, it's. I mean, they everywhere you go, there's Helly Hansen or Fjall Raven or whatever. And you walk in and it's just like the most beautiful parkas and coats. Yeah. There's nothing fashion. Well, I mean, they're, they're fashion forward, but yeah, it's all nice. about effectiveness. Yep. And yeah. I you know, uh, love it. yeah. Speaking of effective, you remember the Tauntauns on Hoth? Yeah. I, that was, I, I watched Empire Strike Back the other day again for the, you know, 438th time. And I had to Google where, where was this shot? Right, and it was, it was my people. Yeah, it was, yeah, I think it was in Finland. No, nope. Hoth, it was in Norway. All the Hoth scenes are in Norway. Okay, heard. Yeah. If you, um, one of the most beautiful train rides on planet Earth, <laughs> my people, is uh, from Oslo to Bergen, because you go through tunnels that were blasted out by dynamite in the 1890s, and you basically go all the way over the top of a mountain range. So we went. My wife and I went. I believe it was May. And so we got on the train and it was 70 degrees and sunny in Oslo. And by the time we got to where they filmed Hoth, the train stops there. And so you got three or four minutes if you want to go outside. Everything was snow covered. Like wind was blowing like crazy. It was like 10 degrees. And then by the time we got off the train, we were in Bergen and it was 65 and, and sunny again. You really get to experience all of it. Wow. But it's it's. It's awesome. Yeah. I was so excited. The The old guy next to us apparently told my wife, like, if he doesn't get back on, you can just stay with us. Because like, <laughs> he saw how giddy I was to be like, I'm in fucking Hoth. Are you kidding? I'm in Hoth. It's actually Hoth. Oh, it's so fucking, it's just awesome. It's actually Hoth. Yeah. It's it's a really cool, like, to 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 really understand the terrain, it's a really great, it's an eight, eight or eight and a half hour train ride, and you get to see everything. And so it's just kind of cool to get to experience all that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I I hope it's like Hoth for, for the ice bar. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Me too. You know, I, I want like piles of snow, like, you know, that are 10 feet tall. And I, I just, that's, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Hell yeah. Can I, my, my all time favorite dad joke is, Let's go. uh, do you know what the interior temperature of a Tauntaun is on Hoth? Ooh. Let's hear it. Lukewarm. Oh, shit. <laughs> spoiler alert. I've loved that joke since I was a small child, and it still makes me happy every single time. Quam, can we dress you up like a wampa? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh, yeah, let's I'm into it. Get the, get the sideways horns. And I'm in. 
Uh, well, too good. Should we uh, should we cheers it up and, cheers and ask up. some questions? Cheers should we? Do we need to? I can't tell. Do, do we need a refill there? I've, or got, you? Um, I've got a little. I've got. Enough I've got cheers, enough for a cheers. Yep. All right. Well, cheers, cheers, Jens. Welcome back, first uh, three time guest on the program. Oh my goodness. Uh, let's see. That gets you a. <laughs> That's a daily double. That's not that much fun. <laughs> you get some Shania Twain. Let's oh. go, girls. Yeah. <laughs> How about this? Is this? Ooh, there it is. That should be an effect. That's that nice good. Ice. It sounds better too. How's that? It sounds better too. Yeah. It's oh, right on. <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's scientific. Send that me is. an invoice, man. That's- <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, question number one, being that you are the ice guy, uh, this is an incredibly busy time of year for you. I'm assuming with the holidays and all the parties and all yes. that. How do you unplug and chill in your own world? I think that's something that we've talked about a lot in, I have a really tough time letting go mm-hmm. and, and turning down the speed of everything. Tennis. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Even in the winter. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a huge benefit for tennis. I, I played golf. I started playing golf when I was nine and uh, I won't bore you with the long story, but found tennis through Peter Bean mm. and um just absolutely got wildly addicted to it and it's just it, it's a great you can knock it out in an hour it can be at 7 a.m at noon at 8 p.m you got and then you're back to your day um but it's just it's scratched a it's it's scratched a pretty serious itch for some reason and it just it really is an important hour um that i mean honestly probably i try to go twice a week if if i can more great um and it's led to just some absolutely beautiful relationship strengthening and formation um it's yeah it's been incredibly special it, it's it's without a doubt tennis i was gonna you know say like cooking or but sometimes when it's just like i'm too wound up or you know i'm kind of lost in my own head of stress um then i almost don't feel like cooking sure you know I, but uh but tennis it's um it's super important to like be relaxed. Mm. It's super important to be loose. It's super important to be calm. You can have moments of intensity, right? But like when you watch my coach play, who looks like a gazelle on the tennis court, I mean, you just, he, you know, he and both of his brothers uh, just kind of glide across the court. Yeah. Um, and it's just this ease that they bring. It's, it's this, you know, the way of controlling your breathing on being present um, the last thing I'll say about this too is is being present. It's just this this um, kind of concept has helped me too. There's a running back for the Steelers right now. His, uh, his last name is Warren, and I'm forgetting his first Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren. Warren. Yep. He went to high school, and his coach in high school said that from the minute you step on the field to the minute you step off, your helmet stays on. And like that perspective, I've kind of brought that perspective to tennis a little bit. In terms of it's like okay, I'm there to have fun and I'm there to talk to my friends. If I do it's think a it's weird to match. wear a helmet when you play tennis now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's with with my racket, especially right? that it's just a it's right? just a no, Steelers helmet just, too. It, yeah, it's just a Steelers helmet that I wear when I play tennis. No, <laughs> but it's just like that that intentionality to keeping that space for kind of for it's for exercise, but it's for mental clarity. It's for mental mm-hmm. health. It's for you know, kind of letting go Some of mindfulness. Of, yes, exactly. When I, when I was in software years ago, I, I mean, so many times I just 
struggle solving a, you know, a, a software issue all day long. I would leave, I would go home, I'd come back the next morning and have it solved in five minutes. Yep. And it's that decompression for a minute that, that's important. So tennis yeah, has been absolutely. just, uh, we could have a whole episode on tennis, which I know no one wants. But uh, yeah, that's been huge. Do you always play against somebody else? Um, yeah, I, you, when I first started a couple of years ago, I used a ball machine, but there's, there, I've got a whole, we have a whole hospitality tennis text thread. We have, um, I have, you know, quite a few, Steve Hoffman, uh, Alex Roberts, Peter Bean, and I play like usually, usually we're the ones playing twice a week uh, and it's just been such a blessing to, uh, I, I, I literally cannot say how meaningful the connection with the four of us has been. It's that's amazing. And it's really, really incredible. So that has been a that's been how I've unplugged. Also, dudes, it's okay to be friends with each other. Yeah, meeting new friends is awesome. Yeah. Oh my god. Doing stuff like, man, those gents. Love you, gents. I know you're out there. <laughs> Doctor Awad. I'm on this mindfulness journey. Yeah. I started pretty recently. I mean, I've always tried to. I think maybe embody some of the tenets of mindfulness, but not in more traditional, like really like ancient traditional methodology. And it's something that I've been working on um, pretty steadfastly uh, in recent months and something that I'm working on through, throughout this year. Uh, resolutions be damned. It's just a change I'm trying to make in my life. It, yeah, it would be easy to say cooking, and I've said it when we've discuss similar topics in the past. I think for me, it's really just uh, excommunication. You know, you have like a really long day or week and it's, it's more about taking off the Apple watch, taking my already muted phone and flipping it upside down, you know, leaving it on the charger in another room and then doing whatever it is that I want to do in that moment. It doesn't mean I'm meditating or, or practicing mindfulness or like listening to something that helps me get into that mind state. It means that whatever it is that I want to do, at that point that I'm doing at that point for me no longer involves uh, any outside static. There's no more white noise coming in and the feeling to always uh, need to respond immediately. Cause that's something that's sort of baked into my person that I'm, I just, I have to respond. I, that's something I've also been mindful of. So even when I am in full communication mode, I often tell myself, you don't, you know, it's there, you know what the inquiry was and it's going to be fine. If you get to it in a half hour, you don't have to get to it right now. I, for most of my adult life, I've not been capable of that. Mm. And it, I think it's making me better at it to stay away from sure. the communication devices in particular uh, for, even if it's a brief period of time, but having that sort of, river that you cross and kind of push the boat out say yeah, yeah. I don't, i'm not going back to the other side of the river for a while if it's the rest of the evening or what have you having that baked into my consciousness for when i'm like done with my day the more hectic the day the more necessary that is but that would be the thing for me is that regardless if, if I'm cooking or cleaning or listening to music and drinking wine with Marnie or chilling with the pets or even, I mean, I could be using the TV. I could be playing, playing video games or watching a true crime show. It doesn't matter. It's just that noise, that like ping mm -hmm. popping up into my evening that at a certain point I can say, you know what? I've had enough of that for today. Totally. And I'm going to be, 
I'm not going to be worse off for having missed anything, uh, whether that be a text or, or a notification in my email box. I recently turned off I, all of my socials. I don't have the little notification mm-hmm. uh, icon. Like on, the counter. Yeah, except for some reason I had it on Facebook and I turned it off a couple of weeks ago. And I never, ever go on, like, I, once in a while, I'm like, oh, I should see if anything's going on on there. And I'll go on there, and I have, like, 91 notifications. And most of them are like, someone liked your story. And I'm like, oh, I didn't need to see any of that anyways. Once in a while, someone asks me a question about a photo of something I cooked, and, you know, I can choose to respond. But it's so much healthier to just check that sometimes when you want to than to be like, oh, has anyone responded? And also the obsessiveness of keeping all my boxes empty. If I see notifications, I have to get rid of them, which means checking what it was. Turning that thing off, that's one small thing, but that's just another way to sort of excommunicate, be more at peace with not having to constantly communicate with people and respond to them. I love that. I uh, Weirdly, I, I did the same thing with the notifications, yeah. but Twitter keeps turning oh. it back on. Oh, no kidding. And now I get updates from people that I don't care about. Something musky. It's very musky. And so it's been pushing me more and more to just fucking get rid of that. I just, I had it curated so well for the things that I love to read about in the world. And I, some of the good people are still there. So I feel like a little bit of me wants to like carry on the banner a little bit longer, but it's just turned into such a fucking cesspool. <laughs> it's, fucking, it's just gross all the time. Are you talking specifically Twitter? Specifically Twitter. And I will not call it X. Yeah. No, I, uh, <laughs> thank you for not yeah, calling fuck it that. X. Yeah, we'll I, get, I have a buddy who calls it Twixer now. And I, that's the closest I think I'll get to pronouncing the X. But yeah, for me, I started this last year um, with walking more like by myself or with one other person. And this year I added in disc golf and then I added in a few more. um, I'll I'll get there. Um, I added in a few more other places that have weirdly brought me some sanity. And when it, I try to walk outside whenever I can uh, because all year round, all year round, because I really feel like cold air does something for, even if it's psychosomatic, it does something for me on the inside. Sure. It makes me feel more alive. Rather um, than a treadmill right. or the mall. Right. <laughs> totally. But I course. will I will say if in inclement weather, I am better mentally, even if I just go to the Mall of America or if I go to the airport, because I, I have a badge for work, oh. where I can get two to three miles in. And I put headphones in and I'll go there intentionally or I'll go get work done. And then after that, I'll do like a full lap. But when it's 15 below zero and it's just blowing snow, if you can go from the, from basically the A yep. all the way around the U to the G concourse and back, yep. you've, you've put on like three miles and it really like that time giving myself that time and putting on something that either I learn from via headphones or music that makes me happy is it, it, I literally feel like I'm on a charger. Yeah. Like I feel like I can watch my little battery on a charger, you know, well said, yeah, like coming back and yeah. that I, it, it has been great. And now with disc golf, like I've had a couple of friends that have been playing for 10 or 15 years and it really is just so much fun. Uh, so wh- how did that start? Uh, two friends of mine during COVID got really, really into it because it was one of the very few things, totally. activities that you could still so do. I was wondering, yeah. And uh, well, it's a friend of both of ours, uh, John especially, got real good and started playing in tournaments. And 
just by being friends and him talking about it all the time because we didn't have a whole lot to talk about. Nobody would like, hey, what are you up to? Still locked in your house? Me too. You're still sitting in the same spot on the same couch watching the same shows on Netflix? Cool. Exactly. Um, It just kind of got it going for me. And then my uh, out of nowhere and not pushed by, by me or my wife, my nephew got into it. And so now every time we go to the cabin, him and I disappear and we play 18, just the two of us. And, you know, I mean, he's, turning 14 in a month. So he doesn't like to share a whole lot of anything, but if I'm going to get something out of him, it'll be while we're doing that. Did you, are you aware that there's like a, uh, I'm sorry if I butcher this, but there's like a professional disc golf tour. Mm -hmm. And one of the stops, I think one of the important stops is in Clearwater. Yep. The blue pines or blue ribbon pines. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's a nationally known course. Yeah. And it's awesome. Wow. Yeah. I was, just up there the other day. There's, it's so strange. Like, there's a ton of money to be made in the professional side of it. I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> I just really enjoy. There is something very a ton of money to be made. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, to, to, uh, for players. For you players, mean? yeah. Whoa. Okay. Like, there's there are people who have very lucrative professional careers going around the world throwing discs wow. at at baskets with chains on them. And for me, it's I'm assuming like regular golf is for a lot of people. I couldn't give two shits about like competing. I just really love the act of doing it. There's something weirdly, I don't know, Zen's not the right word, but there's something very calming about when you throw a disc properly and just watching it sort of hover. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Going the right I mean, it's like it's a lot of that. That sounds like a, how I think about tennis a little bit because yeah. I'm not by nature. I, I'm not. Um, how do I say this? I'm not like a overly competitive. You know, I must win style of person i love the act of playing and the yeah. art of playing it sounds like similar very much you. so like so when you're playing it you're, you're wanting to achieve that mm-hmm. you know your best that that flight of that and putting it where you want to put it that's mm-hmm. and that that kind of is that that zen that comes over mm-hmm. you that uh, and just trying to remind yourself to look around you know mm-hmm. there every course that i've ever played on <clears throat> is built in a beautiful park area there you go and yep. so just again to to be around nature that usually means you're not staring at buildings looking right at you yep so it just like gives me a little bit of a break where i can actually pretend that i'm somewhere else Perfect. and that it does it man it just i just feel i feel more tranquil and it's not it's not a great workout but you get to walk a lot and you do active things so you feel a little bit better about it when you get back in the car and you separate walking too from multitasking and call making and texting right phone goes away phone goes away yeah that's it's just kind of like charles said you have to it turns out it's okay if you don't get to that email that got sent to you at nine o'clock at night until the next day that's that's okay yeah. they, they aren't fires <laughs> yeah i, I just 99.9 percent of the time it's not a fire right we had <clears throat> so um as I've, I've mentioned on this podcast, I, I now work for a large liquor distributor and we had our end of the year uh, leading up to Friday last week and the whole company all gets together in this conference room at a hotel and it's like Wolf of Wall Street shit. It's <laughs> like there's 27 SKUs that we haven't that we haven't sold enough of yet who can get this sold to who and da, 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 and everybody's just kind of shouting and everybody's calling and everybody's texting and I, I saw just the stress of the calamity of the day kind of wearing on one of my coworkers. And I, I gave like an impromptu um, pep talk that uh, Paul Hennessy and I used to give to each other back in the, the nightclub days. 
because my my DJ booth was right in front of his bar. And so the two of us, it was sometimes just us against the world. And uh, it was funny because I think it was more relevant now than it was even back then. But I'm like, my guy, we're all in a room to pour different kinds of juices in cups. That's all this is. <laughs> if something doesn't get sold, no one dies. Yep. You know, there's not a, a school bus full of children that go off the edge of a cliff. This no. is literally, it's juice for cups, man. And if you can keep that <laughs> in your head, you'll be able to breathe a little bit more. It's juice like, for cups. Juice for cups. That's all we're doing. And it made, like, just seeing him think that for a little bit. Unless you're Bernie Madoff. That's yeah. a little different. A little different. A little different. <laughs> but that's like, I, I try to recontextualize that because I do internalize all of the stress. The counter oh, on, on my email. Like, I know that there's unread emails oh, on yeah. my work phone right now, and that drives me crazy. But I'm trying to be more intentional about that. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. not paying attention and not kind of enslaving yourself to that, I think is is the healthiest thing that we can do right now. Yes. So fucking a. Yeah, great question. Thank you for asking that. Yeah, uh, Charles, will you go because I am out, so I need to make myself. It is my turn. Let's cheers. Also, for the record, I believe we mentioned it. Uh, we're making highballs. We start out with Toki highball. Cheers, my friend. I hope I didn't make that too strong. It looked pretty dark in the glass, so I wasn't sure. I'll, I'll figure out how to navigate my <laughs> okay. way through it. I believe in you. <laughs> uh, so we started out with Toki. I'm going to stick with Toki. I just love Toki highballs. These gentlemen are moving on to, oh, is this the, which makers is this? It's a, oh my, we are some classy motherfuckers up in here. Okay, <laughs> I definitely went heavy on that because it's very strong. But <laughs> give you some more ice in that glass. Uh, so we have the Timberwolves edition uh, barrel pick of makers. And then we have, I believe, a seven-year Bakers, Correct. is that what we have over there? Okay, cool. So yeah, we just have like an assortment of an, a nice little highball bar with our pal Easy. So let's uh, move along that? to you, topic number two. All right, Easy. So we all probably have multiple answers for this, but name a food that you totally lack self control around. Say it's like a party, a soiree of some sort, and there's food there. What is the food that you cannot stop yourself from eating more of it? Whether it's great or terrible, you can choose your own adventure. But what food can you not control yourself from? Oh, man. There's, uh, there's, there's several answers to this. Yeah. There's several, truly. And one of them was this, week, was this weekend. We may, I, I think um, I'll probably think of another one as I'm saying the first one here. But a um, long time ago, I, start, I bought a, a KitchenAid stand mixer. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I think it was to make cookies, right? Sure. And then I bought the ice cream attachment. Oh, yeah. And that was <laughs> guy. a game changer. Yes. And I bought David Leibovitz's Perfect Scoop, which is, if you're if you're out there and you want to make ice cream, you, I mean, whatever, that is the only book that you need. I, I, it's the only book you need. You yeah. told me that at a bar. That's right. And <laughs> all I could hear when I got in the car. You wrote it down. I literally, No, I ordered it right there. <laughs> Because all I could hear was you saying, it's the only book you'll ever need. So and you're it, so right. It's Because in addition to having some really great flavor combinations, it teaches you all of the basics totally. to make whatever you want. You can sub out whatever you want. And if you pair it with your flavor Bible, then you really have a cornucopia good, of good options. Treat. Why am Jenny I not from, selling books? Jenny from Jenny's Ice Creams as well has a stupid, simple, tiny book. It sort of demystifies homemade ice cream seeming like it's such a 
ambitious conquest. She's like, no, just pick stuff, you, flavors you like, get a good base. Yep. So she has a she has a Boom. great little book too. That's, and, she's J E N I, right? Yeah, yeah. That's her Instagram handle. Cool. Um, she's awesome. And so when you make when you make ice cream like this. Essentially, what you do is you make you're making soft serve first, and then you pack it in a deli or whatever and freeze it. So what comes out of the machine, the little frozen bowl that you attach to your KitchenAid, is kind of the it's the consistency of soft serve. I don't have a good off switch for that when it comes Dude, I'm out so of with the you. machine. I'm so with you. I mean, like we did it on. Uh, New Year's Eve with uh, the my familia crew, the, the Nick and Elisa and Wing and Nick and uh, Katie and I, and we just uh, just absolutely went off. And Paul and Jamie and we just you know like I think I don't know, did uh, I th- we because we were making because Nick made um, chocolate chip cookies and we were the idea was to make sandwiches and these were yeah. zoe bakes right zoe francois chocolate chip cookies and it was just kind of a you know a rolling skirmish throughout the day so like half to three quarters of the cookies got eaten before dinner and then so they were just there were some left and we had some uh chocolate ice cream that we churned and then ate some of it like Gollum, and then some <laughs> of it made it onto a cookie and i i, I that's part of i think that's my main answer is because whenever i make ice cream myself without fail i'll go into the freezer like the next day or whatever after i've stopped eating it standing over it and be like man why doesn't this recipe make any oh yeah oh yeah it's because i Uh, ate literally half of it just standing over the machine (laughs) do you have a do you have a topping on ice creams that you like or do you just go straight look at me man like i'm all black i'm all just i just just, (laughs) i'm very simple i'm unfussy i just make very i I make chocolate ice cream did it again what's that when Pip was on, we were wearing the same color as you and oh I. Oh my gosh, you're totally right. We're, we're just literally both of Charles and I we're are absolutely rob blacked a out. Store after this, yep, I'm in. <laughs> I am in. You know, okay, the most controversial ice cream I think I've ever made is uh, blue cheese. Mm. Hell yeah, okay. it's, it. it was from the book, yep. and some people absolutely loved it. Raising my hand. Some people absolutely hated it. I served it as like a cheese course and a meal that I was making. Oh, dude, I love that. Yeah, that sounds great. It was fun. I mean, but if you do not like blue cheese, you will will hate that ice cream. 100%. Another uh, close second, distant second is saffron. Some people love that ice cream flavor, and then some people really do not like it. it uh, Too much of it can be very impactful. Super savory. Not uh, not overly sweet, but... um, my, I think that answers the question. My is favorite it? thing, just as a, an add-on, if you do want to try, uh, is um, it's cultural in Scandinavia to use hot cocoa powder as a topping. So the next time you make a Old really Boston. rich vanilla, pour some straight up like Swiss Miss over the top. What? Yeah, like hot cocoa powder mix. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Pour that over the top. You dust your coat. Is it just like a sprinkle, or it is depends it like a coat? on it depends on how I'm feeling. There are there are times <laughs> so where is there like a traditional way? Is it like so? What 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 they because you see soft, like affogato sometimes it's got like a fucking full on dusting of like espresso. You don't find you find a lot more soft serve ice cream in Scandinavia than you do anything else. Mm-hmm. So the hard pack hard ice cream is a little bit harder to find. So where where the the cocoa powder comes in is that's what you would get like a vanilla swirl cone. 
and then they just roll it oh, sure. in cocoa powder yeah, and give like it to it. you. So depending on what I'm going for, if I made the ice cream myself, I'm probably just going to do a little dusting on there because I want that flavor, but I want to taste the ice cream. However, my favorite feeling when eating it is when there's so much powder on it that your mouth can't actually get to the ice cream. It's like a oh, cinnamon so, challenge. Yeah, yes, yes, 100%. <laughs> and then you basically slowly make hot cocoa in your mouth oh as the ice cream melts. Cold cocoa, yeah. It is, it is a wonderful experience. It is a textural experience I like that it. I enjoy very much. I like it. Okay, one more follow-up. Yes. Because this is an important question. Is it the flavor or the texture that brings you back? It sounds like it's the texture. That you just Boy, like. you just nailed it. Okay. Yes. And also, nailed that's it. really cool because we had a food texture question three or four episodes ago, and Quam's answer was ice cream. Mm-hmm. Like, just that he yes. can't it, stop. It is. I love it's, it. It's that thing. I mean, you yeah. even yeah. I even play this game where the, the, the dasher's going around, and, like, you can kind of put your spoon yes. in a certain spot. I feel where, so seen right <laughs> now. I do the same shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's like we're buddies. I mean, yeah. it's like you know, you put you put the spoon in this one spot, and there's a little danger feeling because if you screw that up, it feels like you know the thing will grab your spoon and you know grab it into the the bowl, and you might lose a finger. But if you put it in this right this right spot, you just keep getting this perfect little portion. Mm-hmm. And it, oh man, it, it's it's also, one of life's simple pleasures. Man. Also, super guilty at using my index finger to create basically a skim point. And if you just set that right on top of the blade as it's going around, you'll get a finger full of delicious right. ice cream every single time. It's, it, yes, exactly. And that's, you, you're, yes, exactly. So I, right. I hate hard ice cream. Yeah. I'm not a huge ice cream guy, but if I eat it, I'm committing. Like the little, the little Jenny's, you know, uh, I'll, pint. Eat, I'll eat a whole one. Yeah. If I'm like, I'm eating this like the peach cobbler or something. I don't like when it's really hard. I have to like microwave it or let it sit out. I just don't like hard ice cream. Do you guys ever do the, the cement mixer? You ever take your spoon and take like kind of soft ice cream and just scroll oh, the fuck out of it and then it turns it into it feels like it came out of a machine. Yep. I love to do that. Wait, and wait, then wait. I make Say myself little quenelles. So you, you let the ice cream get a little soft. Okay. And then you basically whip it with you a spoon. Stir it really hard. And then it kind of with creates, a spoon? Yeah. Yeah, like you grab it, point it down, but holding it like Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. And Full just, fist. And just twist it around, and it swirls it around like a cement mixer. In the container. Having, in the deli. Yeah, it ends up having the consistency of, like, a blizzard yep. when it's first made. 100%. And I always do that so that it's all, like, equally soft. You know what's weird? Not just the edges soft. No, no, no. The heard. whole thing has yep. kind of... It spins around. It's, it almost is like... It's almost like Lebanese or um, Arab uh, booza. Okay. Where it gets stretchy. Yep. You know what I'm talking about? Like Absolutely. You pull the spoon up, and it starts to stretch. Yep. You get like cheese poles, only yeah, it's ice yeah, cream. Right. Um, I've never thought about this, but the I specifically do that with, with rainbow sherbet. Okay. I eat a scoop of each flavor in rainbow sherbet, and then I whip it as hard as I can, and then I eat this like soft-serve sherbet because it, it feels good to eat. Yeah. That was, that was the high life when I was little. Yeah. Was when mom got the rainbow shirt. Oh, yeah. That was just like, are you sure we can afford this, mom? Like, There's, what? Yeah. Like, this is amazing. I don't know what. We got a company coming over? Yeah, like, what? I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. this, are you sure this is for us? I, to this day, I think that my mother only, because she was super against sugary foods, I think my mother only allowed me to get Kemp's rainbow sherbet because she wanted the plastic pail oh, at the end, the one gallon. Multitask. So yeah. I got to have a random rare occurrence of sugar in the house. And yep. then she got to use that for composting or gardening or whatever <laughs> she was doing. So you can't just buy a bucket. No, I mean, you, right. you got to eat your way out of the bucket. 
<laughs> right? I don't know. That's a, that's a thing. That's how you end up a plus size model. <laughs> uh, so I I have the same thing with ice cream, but I feel like I've already talked about that on this show. Uh, I got to go back because I just proved it to myself. Uh, give me them fried chimkins, man. I, uh, I, I was exhausted coming home from work and I just could not bear the thought of getting home and then cooking for another hour. And we had some leftovers from Christmas and I, we needed a protein to go with it. So I stopped at our local grocery store and got their bomb ass fried chicken, both spicy and regular. And I hammered a very understandable portion. Uh-huh. And then I was like, yep, we're good. We're fine. And then I went downstairs and I watched some sports ball and I was like, well, I mean, I could probably have like one more. <laughs> and as we've talked about a lot of this show, I, I am a firm believer that the flavor of food is intensified if you eat it with one hand on the refrigerator door while looking at the rest of your food prison. Like you're just showing them all like this could happen to any of you. It's the low frequency of the vibration. I think know? it is. You're yeah. The, the, the gentle the hum of the refrigerator you're and communing the, with the food yep. and the idea you know? that you, you, you are kind of doing something a little naughty. Yeah. Like I, like I'm waiting for my mom to come in and be like, what are you doing? Are you trying to, you try to cool off the whole kitchen? Shut the door. You're wasting power. Like oh there's God. a little bit of that in there. And I stretched that out. I ate every, piece of chicken over the course of like two or three days because I, I never wanted to like gorge but I, I i never wasn't eating fried chicken yeah 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 yeah. yeah. and it's and i don't have to like go back out and get it it only occurs when i just when i pull the trigger and i actually have it at the house mm-hmm. like that motherfucker's days are numbered. numbered the mean the minute it shows up yes and i am all forms of fried chicken i am absolutely like that boom like i have to i can't we can't stop because I like cold fried chicken as a separate food item from hot fried chicken. Straight up. Very fair. Charles, what's yours? What, and and, re, and re, just repeat the the question exactly. I, I think I haven't forgotten like, it, but I've also like, like I, what, you said it so well. I want to hear it again. can't you help yourself? You yeah. Just, yeah. When There's, you're around it, you can't help yourself. You have to keep eating. It's no, no off switch. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You and, go you know, goblin mode no matter pick what. Your, pick your arena or avenue. It could be like you got leftovers of it or like a pizza that's sitting on the oven and you've already had half of it and you have guests and you're like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's so many I I didn't even I did not precontextualize an answer for myself to this because I was like I want to hear what those guys have to yep. say because an easy answer would be like basically any cold bar seafood mm-hmm. I just I can't there's no such thing as enough crab or oysters I, w- I totally if agree there's crab and oysters on a bar obviously that's decadent as hell but if there's if it's like all you can eat I'm gonna get real sneaky and kind of like circle in the room circle out the room and. Mm, but, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. the only reason I don't uh, order 48 oysters at a time is because, like, you know, I have to pay rent right, at some point. Exactly. Right? I mean, like. Yeah, my, you'll be on the Monterey Seafood Watch. It'll be coming for you. It'll be, like, <laughs> be like a bounce check. they would be like, look out for this one. Hey, motherfucker. this guy. Uh, what are you I'm doing? Say, I'm just out here trying to get that Jeremy Piven lead poisoning. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. But uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say something like pimento cheese. Mm. So if there's pimento cheese, even if it sucks, this is the reason mm. I want to make this. As a, uh, an example, great pimento cheese is fantastic. Terrible pimento cheese is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if it's really good. It's you can. There's a noticeable difference. I make something. You know, I'm gonna pat myself on the back. I make something called kimchi, where I make pimento cheese but with kimchi in it. Fuck and you. that is 
ridiculous. But if there's pimento cheese at a barbecue or a family get together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas, doesn't matter. Here's what happens is I'll have what is considered to be a normal human being serving of the pimento cheese on the crackers. And then what I'll do is I'll say, what else can I spread pimento yeah, cheese absolutely. on? And then I'm working my way around the room, putting pimento cheese on ham sandwiches. I'm putting pimento cheese on pickles. I'm stuffing olives manually with pimento cheese. <laughs> I'm throwing them in my martini when I'm half in the bag. Like, it's just... Roll wow. some pimento cheese up with a piece of roast beef. And that is a combo that I adore. I've probably done it when I've been blacked out. I don't remember. Oh, wow. It's, I'm just hearing you say that. Yeah. I, I also would have to... I am that way. This is why I don't ever have it at the house. With, like, fucking um, toxic nuclear yellow nacho cheese. Like, uh, okay. you know, you know, like there's just things that you do. Like, I don't, I don't eat that in front of a lot of people because I know how shameful the <laughs> speed and, uh, and volume of consumption is, but sometimes you forget and you, you put your guard down and you do something like get nachos at a fucking movie theater or at a football game. And then you realize like halfway in that you are just a hideous goblin uh, going absolutely to town with like a cheese ring around your your beard. Like I, I honestly caught myself running my finger around the inside of the nacho cheese cup and then (laughs) licking the cheese off my finger and eating a chip and then looking down and seeing all three of my friends at this movie are just watching me in the movie theater. And I'm like, I can't even explain this. Don't look at me. Yeah, literally, like, oh, I'm just like, I, I don't know how to daintily eat, like, nachos with dippable... It's not dainty food, though. No. Yeah. It's meant I mean, for consumption like yeah, that. Yeah, um, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, it, I will specifically not order that if I'm around people I don't know well because I know sure. how I eat it. Yeah, I, I'm like that with nachos at a bar, even. Like, if... Sure. if, if Unless nachos are the only thing on the menu at the bar, and then we order multiple orders of them. Well, but I knew you guys. I mean, we're That's you're, fair. You're, you're referencing a, a time in Nashville where, of course, we just randomly happened upon the, the fact that we we're going to be in Nashville at the same time, and we yep. meet at this bar, and the only food at the bar is nachos. So like, I think it was like, you know, the, the what, what did the menu say? It was like food. It's nachos. Yep. Literally, that's it. <laughs> and they were and they were like legit yep. nachos, homemade hot sauces. For the record. Yada yada yada. You know who else? You know I who was just fancy boy shit at Sean Brock restaurant. You were. <laughs> well, I mean for obvious reasons. I missed the nachos. You I missed the nachos. You did miss the nachos. Yep. That's right. Nachos, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Um Ola, Arepa, and Hi Hi just put nachos on a happy hour menu. What? Yeah, which right. which is what you want. Ooh, Ola, Arepa, and Hi Hi, two Twin Cities restaurants, both great. Both have new happy hour menus that look ridiculous. And I can confirm blocks from my front doorstep. So I will be there very soon. Oh, well there, then there you go. I have one corollary to the, 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 this, this current question. And it's mm. the, the food that is like the single serving size and it doesn't matter how much of it is. I mean, and like I will say I've never ate an entire recipe of ice cream in a sitting, but if you give me a bag of Swedish fish, you just keep putting them away. That is gone. Oh. Serving size is one, no matter how big the bag is. Okay. Yep. Just FYI. Yeah, we all have something like that. It's like, just Swedish. I, can't, I literally I can't go inside the gas station. I really try hard mm-hmm. not to go inside the gas station. Because if Swedish I go in there, I'm coming out with Swedish fish, oh. and they are 
done. Man, every Christmas so. my mom gives me a fucking five pound bag of pistachios, and I don't know how to stop eating. How do you? Nope. Pistachios. Yeah, no. Per, yeah, exactly. I don't know. All I know is I need a blanket in my lap because things are about to get farty in here. But I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be busting through these pistachios. Your your beard just looks like a headdress from Midsummer. Just all the <laughs> shells and everything just woven in there. I'm I'm I like that. A uh, small side quest by um my ex jujitsu trainer slash one of my best friends who passed away a couple years ago. The guy who trained him in jujitsu, his name is Mafu Kobus, world famous from California. He used to visit sometimes and we'd all hang out together and he'd do belt tests at Mike's school. He told us a story about his master who was like a world famous BJJ practitioner named Wander Braga, who was Brazilian. And Mafu used to eat so many pistachios at the gym that whenever Wander would see him eating pistachios, and I think of this every time I eat pistachios, he'd go, ah, Mafu, the king of pistache. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) I can't get rid of that. The king of pistache. The king of pistache. Oh, Wander, the king. Oh, Mafu. Mafu, the the king king of of pistache. pistache. (laughs) That's a great title. Yeah. Like, I want that. I want it. Let's also talk about Charles's jujitsu. Uh, on another occasion. Yeah, he'll come at yeah. you like a spider monkey. I, yeah, I never doubted I'd it. I just slide on the floor. <laughs> you scoot. Just scooting. Scootin'. Oh, here he comes, scooting away. Uh, all right. Well, that's a, that's a cheersy poo. That's a cheers. Brother Quam. Ring, ring, ring. Mm. That Maker's is tasting wonderful. It's a, it's a good contrast to the Toki. Just a, nope. you know... Uh, completely different uh, set of vibes there. Uh, well, this was kind of spurred on by your push for highballs, so there yeah. could be a very low-hanging, easy answer here. Mm-hmm. But what is what is an underrated component of a cocktail? What is what is a mixer that you really enjoy that you feel like just doesn't get enough love? I'll answer. I'll. St- start to answer this and tell me if this if i've gone too far afield mm, please do no but for real like right mm-hmm. if this is not what you're looking for but um a while back based on um kind of a a drink that was inspired by my friend Stephen ken in los angeles he loves mezcal and amaro mm. those flavors together mm-hmm. and so my kind of if it's not a highball it depends on where i am a little bit but <clears throat> A de facto drink that I, I really like to order is Mezcal Gimlet Ad Amaro. That sounds fantastic. And, and then inevitably, you'll get asked, like, you know, oh, which Amaro and how much? And it's like, nope. It's like, I, I, would, I would love. And, it, you know, you don't order this everywhere. Right. right? But it, it is, um, I've, I've ordered it at a wide variety of places. And... It is it is batting a thousand. That's like there there is there is not a single like poor like anything that you would remotely not enjoy drinking. It it doesn't matter if the amaro is freaking red or the darkest deepest amaro. I mean, I've just genuinely never had a bad experience with this order. Hmm. And if it's uh, and I do this, um, and I do ask for it on a rock if I know they have rocks, um, just because that's I. Just find myself. That's how I like to drink things now. Is on a you know low ball on a rock, but um, I I just I love that drink order so much because it just is such a wide variety of things that end up end up happening. Point of clarification. Yeah. Do you go 
Actual lime juice or Rhodes' lime juice? That would be see see that would fall under the dealer's choice. You, you call it okay. Like Artistic you, license. I'm yes. I like. I am. F- I'm fully on board, and will pay for whatever comes. I love my that, way. And, and because it just it just I like I'm I have no reason to make this up. Like right, it just has never failed. Mm-hmm. Some of are That's more successful cool. than others, yeah. right? But it's uh, it's it's been really, it's pretty much the barrier to entry on this order is does this bar have mezcal? Sure, for sure. Right? You know what I love about that? I love any drink or food where you can say, "Make me this thing," and I'm just going to turn around. Mm-hmm. Which is why, <laughs> like, sometimes I'll say, "Like, make me a martini," and you know, if it's if I have my yeah. brothers, a lot of times I want a dirty vodka martini if I just trying to like get a salt lick. But if I go to a bar and they make good martinis and it's like a bar person that I really love or respect or have heard a lot about, or I just want them to have some fun. And I say, make me a martini. And they say, what kind? And I'm like, dealer's choice, whatever you feel like making. It's like, make me eggs, you know? Yeah. Someone's making you breakfast, make me eggs, whatever you want to make. Something like that where you're like, just with a morrow. Yep. Just open-ended, you decide. And the reason you haven't been failed is probably because you're not insistent. Like, that one. No. Like, yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It's like, pick a Mezcal, pick an Amaro. Yep. Dope. Make a, make a Gimlet with it. Like, right. you know, just, eh. And, you know, um, oh, snap. I lost my train of thought there quick. Um, it'll come back to me. Places that you've had we'll a nice it. one? St. <clears throat> Inet, yeah. truly. Uh, yeah. I had a great one there. Absolutely great one there. Um, where was... The uh, uh, spoon and staple mm. turns out makes a absolutely delicious cocktail every time. Ten years, by the way, that fucks yeah. with my head. Nine, right? They're they're ten. about to celebrate their tenth Is it anniversary. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a. Can uh, you imagine? A can you you imagine no. like the Twin Cities dining scene without spoon? Nope. No, I it, cannot. I cannot. Yep, it's, it's a, important to uh, to note that. It it just it's this thing that I hope. Well, I don't think we do take for granted because it's just right. it's, it's it's such an important restaurant i think yeah i think we do but not by intention correct I think that we don't really realize that sort of the level we're at is just uh, an echelon higher than what it would have otherwise been due to gavin Kaysen's intervention in the twin cities dining scene like there's there's no i love i love no that description to, of it though yeah it's like hey twin cities dining scene we need to have a talk. Yeah, or like, his, I mean, his will. <laughs> have a I, don't, I, I, I don't, I don't mean that. Yeah, I, I don't mean that. But it, it, it you're right. No, that, I mean, and that's that. In no way is designed to besmirch anybody. Because no, I'm sure there obviously. are restaurateurs that are doing things that obviously, they probably have always obviously. wanted to do that maybe they wouldn't do to that particularly to that degree if not for Gavin opening restaurants here and showing that we can we can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Absolutely, it's really cool. Absolutely, I'm here for it. Absolutely. Where even are we? What are we doing? Is it you? Yeah, that's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> it is me, right? Oh, yes, yeah, because it's yes. what's an underrated mixer for cocktails? Let's what's go, a component I'm, of dude, I'm going to go humble as hell and basically point at this glass. Soda water. Yep. Just, I'm, I am all about, and increasingly as the days and years go by, I'm all about simplifying, letting flavor shine, letting the things that matter come through the most instead of, obscuring from what really matters and what we the conversation we had at the open and the beverage that is in our glass i think is sort of a a a beaming light to that 
set of values mm-hmm. that soda water, the cheat code at uh, a wedding venue or at a sports event where I'm like, I don't want the four beers they have. I don't want soda in my drink. I don't, you know, like your options are fairly yeah. limited, bad wine or what have you. I'm like, you know what? Get me some Jim Beam or some Makers and then squirt some soda water in there. Yep. And I am right as rain. The other thing, you know, let's call this sort of like a cursory benefit. It's usually the cheapest drink you can order mm-hmm. almost anywhere. Hey, that's a great, actually, the highball menus that we point. see, they should probably be more expensive. Yep. But highball is at bars, I'm going to say around the Twin Cities, but I've seen it around the country too. You're looking at like a 9 to $11 cocktail at a lot of nice places. Yep. Mm-hmm. Whereas the cocktail menu proper, classics and, and modern, can range from 14 to 19 but they're like, oh, a highball? Yeah, we got you. Uh, like, this old thing? I'm like, okay, well, you'll find me under the bar when I've had enough. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so that's it, soda. I love it. Uh, I was kind of thinking that one of you two was going to say that, so I did a little bit of a twist. But I, um, I've i really enjoyed getting into the wine and spirits of things after almost a decade in beer and then a, a year with THC. Um the spirit side of it has always been a part of my world, but it's really been reinvigorating to get back into wine. And my spin on this question is sparkling wine. Oh man. Like I started with champagne cocktails <laughs> right after Thanksgiving and I was making them on a rock in a low ball. And it honestly, like it made me really happy like just the vessel change instead of doing it like up in a champagne glass, just the vessel change. It made it like for some reason more relaxing to my brain to like sip on that. And I've been fortunate enough to have myriad samples at my arm's reach. And so I've been also trying to like reteach myself, you know, like what my favorite regions are and what blends of grapes do I enjoy in sparkling? And is it American or is it French or is it German? And doing different things with each one has been Wonderful. So are you combining like different bitters, different yeah. And so I have I have a probably like twenty to thirty bottles of bitters. And so trying different things with that. Uh instead of the traditional sugar cube, um, I've been doing just a little bit of simple syrup. Yep. So it's a little bit less bricks, a little bit less sweetness. Um, and then uh my wife has been on an Aperol Spritz kick and Mm. literally going through all of the different bitter orange liqueurs that we have access to sure. and pouring that over a, a beautiful like Blanc de Blanc or Brut. It's great. It's delicious. It's dry. It's festive. It's fun. Like it's been great. What has been a, a highlight sparkling bottle? Have you, and our, and, and cor- second part of the question is, have you used like actual champagne? Yeah. Um, I did pop a bottle of uh, Fer Lefette uh, Brut Rosé. And that was absolutely delightful on its own, but with a mixture of uh, bitter cube, Jamaica number two, uh, Peychaud's, and um, what did I do for the third one? I think I used a little bit of Dash Fire decanter bitters in there. Dash Fire what? Decanter bitters. Hmm. Uh, it oh. was breathtaking. It was just a beautiful, gorgeous cocktail, and I, I think I I forget. Because you're, you know, either usually around the U.S., you're either dealing with like absolute rail. We we have this just for New Year's Eve. Everybody get hammered on it, or really nice stuff. And if I'm going to be intentional about a cocktail, like 
I'm going to use something nicer. And honestly, it's been great. The flavors and the dryness that you can get out of a really good champagne or sparkling. Sure. It adds, there's a, there's a different layer of depth to it. And it's just very refreshing to me. And I felt like I was committing blasphemy by putting a rock in that cocktail, but it was. Wait, what? Like, Come on now. That, that's not blasphemy. Champagne and ice is just, it was a tough. No, hill no, for no, me no, to, no, 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 no. Okay. We, we have, we have, we have things to talk about. Uh, well, sorry. I don't mean to, I'm not trying to correct you, but I mean, did you say more about that? What, what didn't you think was going to work? Little, little shit. Like there's all these dumb rules that it for some like reason. So this is where I was going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like I, I remember <laughs> this is so dumb, but like a music thing. I remember in our band, our singer used to always apologize because he would use a capo on an electric guitar. And oh, yeah, I'm so sorry for making that cool right, sound. Exactly. And it's little shit like that that we just accept are like truths. And somewhere in my head, it was like, you can't have sparkling wine and ice in the same thing. Well, why? So I fucking did it. You know what? It's great. It's amazing. What was I worried about? I don't know. Well, I literally have no idea where that came from. And it's it's the corollary to it's like, oh, no, no, no. Don't, you can't use that whiskey in a cocktail. That's yeah. meant to be sipped neat. You can't use that's too good. It's like you're using this this thing that's too good to to mix a drink with it. Because you know what if you mix a drink with it, it just might be like a really freaking Fucking delicious good drink. Yeah. And it's like you don't hear that. It's like oh no no no, you can't use that chicken in your chicken dish. That's too good of a chicken. Mm-hmm. Like you got to use that old chicken that the the, the 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 inferior. No, you never hear that. No. It's like, no, 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 you use the nice things to make the nicer things. That was what I kept coming back to is why would I search for the best ingredients when I'm cooking, but then decide that something is too nice to make a drink with it as a beverage. And I was like, fuck it. All right. Yeah. That, I mean, that's an Let's interesting go. corollary because it took me a long time, you know, in my like 20s when people would say, well, don't cook with anything you wouldn't drink when it came to wine. I was like, fuck that. that I don't, I don't agree with you. But then when I was like, well, let's see what happens, and I started to put nicer wine into my food, I was like, oh, that's what happens. Oh, <laughs> oh this is really good. <laughs> but but yes. the other side of the coin is that for me, there are some spirits that I would rather consume it without anything else mm-hmm. applied to Sure. It. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach. If someone else, you know, your mileage will vary. If someone else takes a different approach, that's cool. Because for me, I get as much satisfaction or close to it from something like for, for a whiskey, I, I'd rather use something that's like a mid shelf for a cocktail. Mm-hmm. Have I had cocktails with really nice whiskeys in them? Yeah. And they've been great. But personally I'm like, yeah, I'd have, I'd have rather just had that on ice. I've been told that it's your mouth and you should just drink what the <laughs> hell you want. I mean, if there's one thing that we preach on this we show, it. yeah. it's from you. That's from, it's your I, mouth, dude. Yeah, yeah it's it. from easy. We say it a lot. And then and then people say it to us. They're like, from your show. Yeah. And I'm like, let me append credit. Let me just give <laughs> no, that no, 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 no. Yeah, but it's 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 true, right? I mean, it's yeah. like, man, like, 100%. who is anyone to tell you what to drink or what to eat or what For to sure. I mean, it's like, I, um, just, it's going, just ridiculous. Going back to your question, though, um, the other the other really brilliant one was I love when you can find a good middle of the road workhorse and uh, Gruet has a, oh, a very yeah. affordable, beautiful champagne. Uh, and that was actually this what I Gruet. Yeah. Where's that from? From Champagne France. It is. Yep. It is. Okay. I don't mind. I'm is, thinking of something else then. That was another bottle that, that we popped and like everybody had their one signature glass. So we could all cheers. And then you have a half a bottle and it's just sitting there. Sure. And I'm like, well, fuck it. 
Well, there's a difference between something like like that, like, uh, you know, uh, a Bilicar Samoan, like, you know, Brute versus using like a crew Grand Crew. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could still do it, yeah. but I, I wouldn't do it. You no, know, that's, I personally, uh, yeah. I'm like, eh, maybe that's a measure too far. Just yeah. pour it in my glass. Uh-huh. I, uh, one thing I'd, I'd add to the, to the champagne conversation is champagne a la piscine. Champagne in a big Bordeaux stem with big cubes of ice. Yep. In it. Champagne in the pool. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not right, it's not wrong, but sometimes if it's 97 degrees out and I've been known to pop a bottle of champagne, take out my biggest wine glass, put as many shards in it as I can fit, and pour some champagne on it. This guy's selling ice even on the show. I'm telling you, man, you say when and I will drive over. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. sounds like a wonderful it's, way to spend a hot day. Right? And it, and, it, and it becomes, like if that champagne was, you know, on my wine rack where it's, you know, 70 degrees in the apartment or if it's 79 degrees on a hot day or whatever it is, you pour that on some ice and you sip that and it becomes cold like in four seconds mm-hmm. and then it becomes extremely cold the glass gets super sweaty it's just it's basically air conditioning mm-hmm. and could you do it could you do it with 10 10 dollar prosecco yes you could yeah. it doesn't it doesn't work the same though. that hit the same okay it doesn't work the same yeah, yeah i i gotta tell you i I don't like the idea, but I'll, I I will try it. All right, if you I watch will, for it. I, I will sponsor it. the bottle of champagne. We have, I think we have, <laughs> we have similar tastes. I think I because you said it, I will try it. It's, I mean, and is it? I do I do it like every day? No, but it, it's yeah, just kind of it's on a it's, hot day it's, or something. It, it's just I don't know. It hits in a certain way that is is quite civilized. Yeah, just uh, being fully transparent. It, Someone else sitting in that seat, not anybody else, but there are a lot of people that could be sitting in that seat. They would say that to me, and I'd be like, yeah, sure, I'll try that Yeah, sometime. let's do that. And I'd be looking at Quam like, nice. Fuck out of here. They're never coming on again. Show's <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I'm 100% in. That, it makes all the sense Well, it turns out we know what we're doing on you know, June 15th. <laughs> oh, I thought you'd be like, Wednesday? Yeah, yeah honestly, yeah. It might Very be that hot. Who the fuck knows? Honestly, <laughs> everything's on fire. You guys, it's fine. you guys are the best. Thanks for this conversation. Hey, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah, and, and thanks for these whiskeys. Ooh, hey, okay. uh, quick, quick corollary too. Also, I don't really know what Captain Morgan tastes like, other than I don't like it. Green olives, really, and vanilla perfume. All right, yeah, I've, I've tried it. Like I've honestly, like truly, <laughs> I've tried it like under five times in my entire life, and I. Every time it was, it was like a, uh, when I first moved here in 1996, just every person that I met drank it. Yeah. Like, well, this must be a thing. And every time I tried it, I was like, this is awful. So was, my, my party, my party people, when I was teens into early twenties, one of my guy friends was like Captain Coke guy. And if I was out of other liquor, I'd like take a shot of captain and every time and i would like ruin people's evenings i'd take a shot of captain i go mm, green olives and they'd be like what and then they'd like take a shot and they go what the fuck it does taste like green olives why did you say that <laughs> oh, shit we I, were I even just... trashier because what we would do is we would buy a 20 ounce coca-cola and a bottle of captain and then we would take shots until we got the captain down far enough that you could just pour the 20 ounce in and then that was what we would throw that in the fridge, and then we would take that with us to the party. 
So you're just pulling like 50-50 captain and coach. You just fixed the glitch. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, I, I don't know if we fixed anything. We That's from created, office space. Yeah. I say that all the time. I don't know. Uh, I, I, to this day, it is still a legendary story from the homies. Uh, I decided I was going to take the whole bottle down myself. Oh. And uh, my guy's like, dude, I've never seen anything like it. We went and we got like fast food and you got a chicken sandwich and you ate that thing in like three bites. And then like 20 minutes later, you were passed out on the couch and you puked up literally like oh a half a sandwich. God. He was like, it was still, it was still like whole. Like, like, he goes, I just watched the whole thing come back out. Oh. And then there it is. It's probably still in your mouth. Yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, well. Uh, we Charles haven't. and I are here holding our yeah, faces we with our hands. It was oh, a wild man. time. It was the 90s. We won't tell, it was we a won't different tell time. story about when I drank a 750 at Jack before we went to the State Fair in college <laughs> for our trip. Everything's fine. Everything's I tried fine. to fight a battle bot. Anyways. Listen, he shouldn't have been standing there. I get it. You looked at me weird. Yeah, right? You looked at me weird. Call him a go-bot and just see what happens. Oh, hey, shots fired. <laughs> Damn. All right. What do we got? I think it's you. What do we got? What do we got? All right. Why is it zoomed in? That one went way too fast. I'm going to make another one. The alcohols? The alcohols. Well, have another. That's the thing about highballs. They slide. They're just... They do. They are slippery. All right, easy. It's 2024. Everyone's doing this in and out thing. It's always been a thing, but people are like really on brand about it. Name one thing that's in this year, Ooh. and one thing that's out this year. Okay. Um, <clears throat> in this year, I have. I, so, by the way, I've not seen this. Is this this is a thing yeah, that people are doing? What, yeah. what? What? I mean, I understand the premise, but like a lot of like food websites are doing it. A lot of uh, Instagrammers are doing it. Huh. I'm guessing okay. it's on many other platforms that I don't frequent. Understood. Yeah, just the, uh, most people are doing it in sort of in regard to their life instead of, oh. like in lieu of a resolution. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm actually I ta- see. I'm talking about like. Gen- generally. Food, beverage, culture, yeah. art. If you want to do it with life, that's cool too. But yeah, most of what I've been seeing is like people saying in, saying no to stuff, out. Saying yes to stuff. I have no idea. <laughs> yep. No, understood. <laughs> understood. No, no, no. I, I, totally, I, I, I totally get it. Um, I, You know, I, I think the first thing that comes to mind is the... How, and, you know, I don't want to tie everything into this simple cocktail here, but I, I might. Uh, You're hype on it. What's That's up? good. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it's, it's, it's kind of... I mean, I, but mean I, I do really mean it um, because, like I said earlier, you know, like what... What's in is okay. Everyone, I feel like everyone, where regardless of if you live in you know downtown Minneapolis or Burnsville or Medina or or Alaska or you know wherever you you want to support local, sure, right? I mean, yep. who are the the people that are making things that resonate with you that are in your uh, wheelhouse in Ireland and Australia and Norway and sure similarly but support the things that are right exactly yeah support the things that are near you that where your friends work where mm-hmm. you know the the money goes to you know your community so you know and I really mean it like what if what if just uh 10% of people that were we're drinking Captain Cokes, Captain Sodas, Captain Sprites. Started drinking like uh, Keeper's Heart 
sodas, right? From a, a distillery that's here in Minnesota. Would pick a distillery and 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 a local distillery, and and literally any one of them. Um, and I I just think that the that that what's in is actually putting that putting those dollars, putting the, those dollars where your mouth is in terms of like, hey, I want to support local. But okay, uh, do we really want to support local? Yeah. Do, do, you, do you really? Or is it just kind of a thing that is is said? And I think, you know, everyone in the room here, uh, you know, goes to piles and piles of local restaurants, distilleries, you know. So I just, and I, I don't mean this is not like a call out. It's, it's, it's more just, um, I, I really want to think large like and it just it comes to mind with the highball i want to think larger about about what it means to support local and 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 certain and and choices that are baked into me that i can opt out of in order to support a local business i think that requires some thought sometimes you know what i mean like where are the the corners of your your what's easy like i you know i need oh gosh i need xyz well let's just tee up the phone here and four seconds later it's on the way from amazon like well let it you know is there a local option for that and i you know i don't i don't want to get too high on the uh, my horse about that but i i I do want to think about those things more so for clarification is this something you want or something that you think will happen this year more both like consciousness because i would agree if you said that you think it's something that will that is happening more yeah the the consciousness of of locality and supporting neighbors and friends is growing yes and i i hope i agree with you i really hope that this year it becomes a year of consciousness in that regard where yeah Go ahead. You're going to order stuff online sometimes. I am not trying to... It's kind of baked into our lives anybody. at this point. For sure. And also, like, we... As humans, sometimes we distinguish doing anything with doing everything. Doing something is better than doing nothing. You don't have to do everything. But being able to look at what is available locally, go to a game store. Go to a local game store and buy a board game mm-hmm. instead of ordering it online. Boom. Exactly off what I'm talking about. Because you're helping mm-hmm. to keep someone in business or keeping the community together via this this service. Literally exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. And then yeah. when you, we talk about, you know, takeout or whatever, you know, it's like, you, can you get Chick-fil-A or whatever? Or, or could you get World Street Kitchen? Right. Absolutely. You, you know, th- those kind of decisions, mm-hmm. just like really consciously thinking about that more and more. Love it. Um, what is, so is that what's in? Yes, yeah, so that's in. what's in. Mm-hmm. Um, is it too mean if I just say Captain Morgan's out? And, and <laughs> no, Captain Morgan didn't do it. Literally did nothing to me, right? Literally did nothing. Like, Yar, nothing. Your words hurt. Nothing. They did nothing. God bless Captain Morgan. Uh, uh, no, I was, that was mostly a joke. <laughs> um, but what's Ooh. out? What's out? Um, that baker's is a little spicier. It's, uh, I haven't had it yet. That's, it's been a minute great. since I've had Baker's. I'm, 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 I'm moments away. Um, you can think on your out while we go around the bend. Do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah I don't like, I've that. been intentionally not saying good question because you guys only ask good questions. Cause that's basically <laughs> like, if I ever, you know, it's just, I don't, it's just basically a way for me to stall and I want to not no, say let's that, get the but it is a really, flowing. it's, it's a really, uh, thoughtful question thank you guys for always asking such good questions 
I don't, neither of mine, I think, are going to be predictive. This is what I'm hoping for. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> I, um, I don't mean this as offense or any sort of attack to the two gentlemen that are in the room with me. Oh, I know where this is going, I think. But colors on dudes, man. <laughs> Holy yes. fuck. I am so, I, I am so tired <laughs> Of like I I wear a lot of I wear a lot of I wear a lot of bright Charles, colors. Give me some give me some love. And Mob Squad, bitch. It is it is so strange the amount of men who come up uh, to me mm-hmm. of varying ages, like sixties all the way down to twenties, who will see me in maroon pants or in a French blue colored shirt or the I have coral slash salmon colored jeans mm, pink, yeah pip was remarking on those yeah like people yeah. are like i didn't know that you could wear stuff like that. like it's just it baffles me right and i'm not i have plenty of black shit if you look at my closet right now i have all my hoodies that hang on the inside of the closet door and all but two of them are black it's not that i don't enjoy wearing neutrals <laughs> and black i just think we have so many amazing shades i wish more males in my world felt more open about wearing more color and i hate the fact that the only time they do is when they're fucking wearing golf clothes because that shit is hideous like you can just wear a nice blue shirt it doesn't have to be like a shirt with twenty-seven thousand flamingos stitched into right, it right right and like you know low ball rocks glasses with salted rims yeah like you can just wear a color and I have converse. It's weird the amount of people that reach out to me to talk about like shopping. Like, where do you go to buy stuff? I go to like, I don't know, 10 or 15 different stores and I just look around for something that catches my eye. It could be a neutral. It could be bright. It could be vivid, whatever. I'm more concerned. Like it does that talk to me in that moment. Let's go for it. And it, I swear to God, it's just like my, my champagne on ice story. It's like other people are like, I didn't know I was allowed to do that. Like, no, please do. Yeah. Wear a fucking cool-ass pattern. Yeah. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. If it looks cool to you and it makes you feel good when you put it on, then fucking rock it. And maybe try something different. You know, if you've had the same thing the entire time, yeah, buy something a little crazy. I don't know. I just wish, I wish more men in my life were more adventurous when it comes to their color palettes of what they're wearing for fashion. So, again, a clarification. Understood. Do you think it's going to happen or you want it to happen or both? I think I'm seeing more options for men than I've ever seen before. When I little started a little more of a color palette available yeah. for purchase. I, and I've, I've already seen it happening. Yeah. I mean, I had to, I had to notify multiple men going to a wedding a week ago that it was black tie. Please make sure that it's okay. Cause they clearly said like dark yeah. black Navy. Um, yeah, you can guess the people. My yeah, bro- my brother and Derek Reed, proprietor of Club Caraway. But it, it is interesting to see that the people are being mm-hmm. more bombastic. If you see, look at like Angel Ramos yep. in New York City, like the his wardrobes that he's putting out are like very loud. Mm-hmm. Like they, a lot of color, a lot of patterns. Mm-hmm. It's super interesting to see. What I'm more curious about is if there's staying power. I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. And I, I am interested to see. I So when I finally shook off the last vestiges of my true religion, Ed Hardy, Mohawk, chin strap combo era, the first thing that I started buying was because I had had so much 
like that terrible like old English font and barbed wire and flames and all like that was what yeah exactly that was it was just, or just Guy Fieri's voice be like wee like I, I can't not think of the Ed Hardy boys <laughs> of course of course <laughs> the the first like my first pivot away from that when I finally realized that that was a hideous look for me was to brightly colored things yeah. And I enjoyed finally being able to wear like bright colors again. Cause I hadn't in a while. And I just think I, I don't know. Like I, I enjoy when I get ready and the day fucking sucks and it's like just gross gray out. I enjoy being the color that I want to see in my world. And that makes me happy. So I wish, I wish more people were into that. Now this is my, my out is something that I am actively praying for. I love sneakers. I love mm. tennis shoes. Mm. I love dope ass shoes. I need to convince all of the men of America to stop only wearing Jordan ones. I am literally wearing a low top pair of them as we speak. So I am okay. a part. I am. I am not just a, a I'm not just a president. I'm also a client. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say in my own defense that I have bought back all of my favorite sneakers from all of my favorite sneaker companies i get i get it that jordan's got cool yeah, and yeah. i get that the ones are always going to be the classic those are the ogs but holy fuck i was standing at a wedding a couple over a month ago now and i was looking around and almost every guy had the same pair of shoes on just like with a couple a different yeah with a suit <sighs> See, that's that's the more to me that's the more egregious mm -hmm. foul is the the just the tennis shoes with a suit. Now, again, this is one stupid dude's opinion, right? This is, I, I, this is my opinion. I, 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 would, I just, no. I will I say. You. Yeah, I'm, I'm anti that too. But just, like, I, I, for I, some people, I don't know, for some people it looks like it if, works. I, I, but I look at it and I'm like, I, I, I couldn't do it. I that. always feel, I, I, it always feels forced. It's like, well, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not your formal. I, I can't go full formal, so I'm going to wear these these Jordans yep. uh, with this suit. I don't know. It, it, it doesn't work for me. I will say that I, I got you. I feel that way in the winter. I don't feel that way in the summer. If it's an outdoor summertime wedding, I absolutely will wear tennis shoes. But my caveat is also I so often have to perform work the entire fucking day that I want to wear tennis shoes because I'm going to basically be standing and working for, if I have yeah, to DJ, yeah. that's a, that's a 10 hour day. No, some people, but I mean, some people are doing it because they like the way it looks and I see why they like it, but yep. I, I don't like it. Yep. You know, I, I just, Charles, you've, you've captured my feelings on that perfectly. It's their feet. Yep. Yeah, yep. they should they should their wear feet. what the hell they want on their feet. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. As long as, as long you as you're it. not the guy in the, like the, um, terrible <laughs> military slogan t-shirt and cargo shorts with like, socks and Birkenstocks on watching at, the twins on an iPad. Yeah. Like watching the twins on an iPad <laughs> at the fancy wedding where like everybody else is wearing bow ties. Yeah. As long as you're not that person, I probably won't come after you, but I just, I, whenever, when I'm, I'm happy that we got fashion sneakers into the world of footwear, Absolutely. but I really disdain the fact that it's basically one single shoe is the thing that everybody has to have. And it, if everybody's doing it, it's fucking boring. You know, like there are so many other incredible yeah, footwear options that you have. You're like what's next? Yeah, yeah. Like let's figure something. Like figure out. something out, man. And it doesn't have to be a sneaker. It could be anything. I just. It could be I, some Iron Rangers. Yep. 
I, I'm, I'm just at this point right now where every time I go anywhere where there might be a little cause for stunting, you know, like a little, a little, we're dressing up for this and you look around and I guarantee you somewhere between 30 and 50% of the men in that room will be wearing Jordan ones. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, mm, no. I, I have mentioned this on the show before when I was in Paris last summer, I was at these beautiful three Michelin star restaurants at historic hotels that have very clearly defined strict dress codes. And I saw a lot of men wearing fucking tennis shoes and I couldn't believe it. And of course they're so polite that they wouldn't be like, sir, you cannot enter. Yeah. Right. But I was just like, what are you, why? I mean like a little bit of that. And then I was like, okay, well, yep. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I was just like, dude, this is like, this is, there's, there is pageantry to this. This is like ceremonial coming to yeah. this place. And they say, don't wear, please, please wear nice shoes. And you're wearing tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I'm like, man, come on. That's the thing. Like, you know, you can't even tell me that, like, if if you can look me in the face and say that you brought this pair of tennis shoes specifically for this dinner because it means a lot and you want to rock that. I I could actually see that argument, but I know for a fact that you're just like, I don't want to have to bring another pair of shoes. I like these ones. They fits. My feet's good. I could that, be either. That shit just drives me nuts. Sure. The, the, yeah. It could, could be, I don't know. Yeah. Could be either. Yeah. And the, uh, what I hear you saying too, there's the, the, the lack of intentionality. Yes. It's not just a normal, like it, if you just treat everything in life as it's all mundane and, and, and you deserve it all. I just think like, how do you, how do you ever define like a good moment? If you just expect that you don't have to do anything different and the world just comes to you with special things. I think it's a really shitty way to look at life. And that's, that's what I project on most of those people. When I see them, I just do my thing, man. I put the same thing on every day. Cause it doesn't matter. Dude, just enjoy it. Lean into the pageantry a little bit. Have some fun with it. I don't know. I like it. That's fair. I, 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 and I also love the passion. Charles? What is in and what is out? I'm going to start with my out because it's probably going to incense a lot of our listeners. <laughs> and it's it's something that I've been involved in for a long time. But it, I, I kind of feel like I have to say it if I'm going to say this earnestly about 2024. Uh, craft beer as we know it is kind of... I don't want to say it's dead, but it's going to have to change a lot to continue proliferating. We're going to see the nose of the plane point down a little bit this year. I promise you. Why I this year and, and not years Because prior. we've plateaued a bit, and there's been some indignance in, in the industry to continue to impress upon the consumer what they should want because it has been working. Like, bonk, bonk, bonk. You know, like let's let's keep doing the things that have worked before, but are showing some diminishing returns. Yep. But what consumers are asking for, and this is free advice, because I do a lot of endemic research for beer, for beverages, various libations, for food. Like I survey tens of thousands of people. It's not important, but basically, I'm saying this from you know a position where I, I do a lot of marketing research on this subject. Consumers are coming back to center. And I, I think a lot of people who are in the industry who are listening to this are probably nodding along. I'm sure many of you are aware. But people kind of want to go back to the basics, go back to what works. 
the the days of reinventing the wheel, you know, your bubblegum milkshake pasta soup. $27 four pack. It's just it nobody wants that anymore. No one's going to want that anymore. Like put it write it down right now. It's early January. Write that down. We can't we just can't do it anymore. And I would love to see my friends, compatriots, former clients, businesses that are opening, you know, Cthulhu bless you. I want to see them do the things that are going to have long-term stability. Yep. Not just what's going to sell today, because that's been the problem for too long, I think, is that, yep. and it's a trend in a lot of fields, but with modern craft beer, whatever you want to call it, artisanal beer, the, the, the modernization of what beer has become had its um, had its sort of like bacchanalia, you know, rumspringa, whatever you want to call it, where we were like, let's just fucking party. Let's just figure out what works, what doesn't work. Problem is that most of the new things have phased. Almost none of them are still I totally agree with you. around today. <clears throat> You know, you could say, like, West Coast IPA has staying power. I would agree with that, that it's probably going to stick around forever to some degree. There'll be a quotient of the marketplace for that. Easy IPAs are already starting to wane. And a lot of the stuff we've done with over-adjuncting, with um, thickening things yep. and making them too... Like, we've gone through all the phases of make it too sour, make it too strong, make it too adjuncty, make it too... All the make it twos, they're gone. It's over. Just take your foot off the pedal... And consider clean stuff. Clean beer. Is it like that thing where, you know, you might, if, if you're cooking in a restaurant and you, uh, or, or just even if you're just cooking at home, it's like, uh, well, what if you only had this and this and this to yeah. work with? Yeah, because we're seeing it with everything, aren't we? Right. There's, there's just no, what if there's just nowhere to hide? Like this highball. Or, we're you know, talking just, about it with cocktail soup. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, what if there's just nowhere to hide? What if you just couldn't cover it up with bubble gum and all kinds of crazy, you know, alcohol content and stuff. What if it was, what if the, what if the assignment was just, is, and I'm asking mm-hmm. if this is what you're kind of uh, getting at is, is like, what if the assignment was just, what is the best possible Kolsch that can be made? Is that kind of I mean, mm-hmm. what you're talking to? Sure. Like a return to it's Yeah. It's like honoring the, the ingredients for everything because if you want to look at, if you want to do an exploration of the marketplace, Gen Xers are still the 1A consumer. They are. And that's why when you look at, and I had a conversation about this at Hennessy's party recently with some people. If you look at like the areas of consumerism and the money that's being spent, Gen X, we're moving the bubble up because it used to be 18 to 35, the key demo for like television. Yeah, and That everybody was fighting 18 to 35, over. 18 to 35. Well, then it became like 18 to 42. And then it was like, oops, now it's 25 to 46. So that bubble, the bubble's rising sure. up to the surface well of said. the water. And the people that care the most about that level of consumerism and that type of consumerism and are willing to spend their income, disposable or not, are still Gen X and then Zillennials yep. like on that border. Totally agree. And we have all explored all that there is to see. We all had our bacchanalia, our, our summer of exploration, of self self discovery. And we're we've we've tried the things that are new and they were fine for a season. But now we just want what's good. Mm-hmm. And because that is the most prolific consumer that has the money, 
yeah, you're going to have to compete. You know, if you're all making loggers, everybody's making loggers. That's its own problem. It's not my problem to solve right now. But it's the other stuff. The modern yep. styles are just almost all of them are. I've, it's so funny, like, hearing you articulate that because yeah, same. I've, I, that was a great. Well, I love I've, listening to that. I've watched the burgeoning THC market already do it. Mm-hmm. They they skipped right past do we make a really quality clean product yeah. and they went right in. Uh, I, I they, I'm not going to call them out on the show, but there was a, a local brewery that just put one out. Seven flavor adjuncts in this. In one? Seven Inside in one, one drink. Oh, yes. So pineapple, and, coconut, oh, lime, mango, raspberry, lime. lactose, and and I'm I'm looking at this and I was like, oh cool, we're skipping right past the make good stuff. And we're just going to the dump everything in a kitchen sink and then we'll just sell it. Like I, I, everything about it made me so mad because it was like from all the, all the lessons we could have learned from craft beer, we just skipped past all of them and went to the, put the most shit in it. And it's not going to work. That's at the end of the day, I totally agree with you. Like the best editing is through subtraction. It's not add more shit to it. Yeah, addition by subtraction. For for sure. everything, for for writing, for recording music, for building something, for cooking something, it's almost always take away instead of add more shit. I love to that it. Renaissance, right? Isn't yeah. that like a great thing? Potato chips with creme fraiche and caviar. And caviar. Yeah. Maybe a couple little beep beeps of chives and you're good to and, go. Fuck off. And a glass of champagne. <sighs> yep. Ice or not. Yes. <laughs> doesn't have to be ice. Ice optional. I've got. I've got. I, I've. I've had so much time to think. I have like a whole soliloquy about nine things that are in and out. But I'll. I'll try. Hey. I'll try and nail it down. If I'll you try go on, then I'll do my in. Oh no no! I didn't mean to interrupt. No, could, we're, could, we're going could, around the. We're going around the horn. You sure. Yeah. Let's do it. Give her the old in and out. Um. Well, I. I did an in. The out. <laughs> I heard that. Um, the. Uh, <laughs> I did the in, now let me do the out. The out is, okay, no more excuses. We live in Minnesota. We need to have proper gear for winter. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, ah, I don't like the cold. It's like, well, nope. Like, let's, 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 I want to lean into winter. I want to, I want to do, t- I mean, to our ice mm-hmm. park conversation. We wanna, you know, okay. I, yeah. Let's just, let's, let's go. Let's, let's, let's do stuff outside. Let's make it the norm. It it's has. It's not cool it's kinda, that you're cold. It's not Cool that you're cold a little bit. I mean, but you know, I got it. I know this. This comes from a very. <laughs> oh my god, that's me sometimes because like I don't wear I don't wear a jacket a lot of time, and sometimes I am actually cold, but I can't admit it because it's too late. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm chilling. I'm good. I'm chilling. <laughs> it's not it's, cool to be cold, man. Uh, very stiff. Listen, boys, it's not cool to be cold. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, to, <laughs> yeah, this, this sounds it sounds really bougie. I'm sorry, but it's like just no. just like be just let let. Let's embrace where we live. That's kind of what I'm saying. It's like let's embrace where we live and yeah. do stuff outside. And the other the other component of what's uh, what what I what I really love is and uh, Ben mentioned it a little bit. It's like intention. Yeah, we talk about you know sneakers and how you dress and whatever. I just but so in is like that intentionality, just intention. Like our our friend Paul it, uh, Butenhoff is one of the most intentional dudes you'll ever meet in your entire life. There's nothing that guy that guy does. That is just like kind of just following the masses. And I, I love that intentionality and that seeking of the higher ground. And that it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be the, the Rolls Royce, but it's just like, okay, what is a thoughtful thing? Like he brought 
escargot to New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Beautiful. I mean, love it. That didn't occur to me in a thousand years, and it was so perfect. You know the one thing he's not careful about? I'm going to call this motherfucker Let's out do right it. Now. Let's do it. Chemexes. <laughs> this guy, for obviously most people listening have no idea who this guy is, but he breaks so many Chemexes. I don't a, understand. A dear friend of ours, a, a very, very good friend of ours, and there is, it's true that no one has broken more Chemexes no, on no. the planet than Paul. No, no. one. And, and, and he, you know. He's also not wrong that they're not made like they were. I mean, I've had one, like, I've had one my entire Same. life. But, yeah, that's it. But, we got in. Yeah, we got in. But, yeah, the, yeah. But I love the intentionality. That's just so For in sure. the, 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 if it's fashion, if it's cocktailing, if it's whatever it is, the intentionality is so in. Like, being intentional. I do love, like, I, I hope everybody has a human like this in their world where if you're all just sitting at a table, like you can literally look over every single thing that he's wearing and you can kind of, you can either ask a question or you can just kind of plan it out. Like, Oh, this goes with this because that goes there. And then this goes here and it's not super fancy. It's not super formal. He, he fits in to all of the situations that he's in. He's purposeful but, without being fun. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. Intention. And I love, again, that's it. Like we only get one run through this, man. Why not try <laughs> you know yeah absolutely. And, then, and and i i mean i'll i'll give a very justified plug to the the, the place where we're there where we're recording this i mean Derek reed's clothes the clothes that that i've purchased from club caraway i mean this is without exaggeration every single time i put on the suit or coats or shirts that I've gotten from him, I someone because it's usually when I'm going to somewhere out in public, right, where there's going to be a, a, I'm going to run into a bunch of people. Some someone comments on how good the every looks. single time, it's, every and time, it's, totally and it's agree. The, and it's the intention to which it's like, okay, I I I sought out this person, and he's made it his thing, and he just takes care of it. Mm-hmm. No corners cut. No corners just cut. Cloth. Yeah, and then, like, uh, we have this thing. So, Easy and I have this thing where we keep traveling in the same place, which is a wonderful <laughs> thing. But, you know, we were just talking about Nashville recently. We were all in Nashville at the same time when we were recording episode 100. Quam and I were in town, and then Easy was there, too. And we were like, what the fuck? You're going to be in Nashville? And we hung out. <laughs> but uh, sometime back, and his episode 51, if you haven't heard it after this, go back and listen to it. But if you look at the thumbnail image, it's easy and I. We found out we were in Chicago at the same time. <laughs> we went and drank champagne on this beautiful rooftop. And guess what else? We were both wearing our Club Caraway suits. Unreal. Two of our Club Caraway suits. And it was just like, oh, oh unreal. <laughs> it was just perfect. And we like, we looked fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, right. When we were out there, when we went out and we were taking a photo, a couple ladies asked us to help them take a photo. And they were like, are you guys like modeling these suits? Or like, what are these? <laughs> Like, and it was, yeah, oh, without no, fail. No, like, it's, it, I mean, no, literally the same guy made these suits. Yeah, just a couple slobs, you know, whatever. I mean, intentionality. Mm-hmm. That's it. Sorry. Like, yeah. I sitting down with him, and, and I'll, I'll, I've said this to so many men in my life, and not just men, I mean, women too, uh, but so many, I've had this conversation with so many guys in my life. You, if you're going to dress up, why not have it be the thing that you want the most? And the way that he helps you pick every single flourish, every single detail of it, like I feel so proud putting it on because it was made for me. Correct. And that is an experience that I hope everybody gets to feel. 
Also, one Boom. final flourish Nailed because it. a lot of stuff we're talking about are things that cost a lot of money, and we know that your mileage will vary. But I'll tell you right now, the stuff that is made at Club Caraway is not as expensive as you probably think it is when you think about a fully custom suit with over 30 measurements that is made every button lapel, all, all of it is made just for you. You'd be, you might be surprised. Just, it's, just letting you know that. Uh, this guy was surprised. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll straight up say, like, I casually walk around with dozens of dollars in my pocket. I am Ooh. a proud <laughs> hundred air, and I could still afford a custom-made yep. suit jacket. Like, yep. it's... It's, it, it's, uh, it is a super luxury to be able to have mm-hmm. Club Caraway in the Twin Cities for us. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a serious luxury. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And obviously we bring it up a lot. Ollie's been super hospitable with us for recording and stuff. And, you know, and Derek's, Derek's an absolute gem. He's too nice. It's suspicious, actually. It's suspicious. Something weird about it. I, I don't trust the, him. Most recently I purchased <laughs> stuff. from. This is how bougie I am. I, now I'm, 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 I'm this many years old where now I go get fit for clothing to wear to dear friends restaurant opening mm-hmm. i'm so excited to do Hell that yeah. i That's like I just, I just like i remember we were, a couple of weeks ago we were we were here and uh just next door right there and we were doing the measurements and picking out fabrics and i'm like god this i just I, I love this opportunity that i get to do this i get to like be so intentional about this choice for my friends mm-hmm restaurant that he's opening i'm going to look as good as i can possibly look i'm going to be inspired by what my friend's restaurant is going to look like and it's, it was ah, it's just so meaningful that's I, rad can yeah. i guess the restaurant you can and i may or may not confirm it it's dario what if it was dario what if it was okay so my in <laughs> my in this year that's a restaurant opening in the Twin Cities this yeah, year. It's going to be rad. Oh, gosh. I'm vibrating with excitement. Even <laughs> like, if, seriously. Even if it isn't his answer, the, the place is going to be really sick, and I can't wait to go. So my in for this year. So I'm a big poultry geek, mm-hmm. poultry geist, poultry slot, whatever you want to fucking call it. When I was at Epicure at Lebristol, Three Star in Paris, I, we were like really fine dined out at that point. We had so much fine dining and Michelin stars and stuff. Sorry that it sounds like a humble brag, but I'm being serious. We were just like, we ended up canceling the reservation the day after this, which is our last Michelin star reservation. So we were at Epicure, fucking legendary. And I've mentioned this dish on the show before, so I'm not going to get too much into it, but it was a roast pigeon. And they bring out the whole pigeon and they show it to you. It's on a fucking log. They show you this pigeon. And there's actually pigeons walking around looking at it, which was kind of weird. What? But um, <laughs> like an actual pigeon, like a, you know, like a farm pigeon. Gotcha. And it was the last savory dish I had on that trip that spanned Copenhagen mm-hmm. and Paris. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely blew me the fuck away. Unbelievable. One of the best things I've ever had in my life. And sometime after I returned home and I was finally able to like digest all that Michelin star food. Literally and figuratively. I started to, yeah, dude. I started to look into, can I fucking order farm pigeon? Can I get a pigeon? Not a squab. Pigeon is a squab when it can fly. So like a pigeon, they're big. Is there anywhere, any farm in the US that you can order them from? No, man, it's only in Europe. Like it's UK, it's France. You can't, it doesn't exist. But I'm, I have this perception that poultry is sexier now than it's ever been. Totally agree. Where we don't say, 
ah, it's just the chicken donor or the chicken will make chicken at home. It's not just chicken. It's a lot of different birds, right? Foie has kind of brought that to the forefront. And we're seeing things like squab come up in conversation more. Squab was more popular than chicken until the mid 20th century in the United States. Chicken didn't overtake squab till sometime in like probably the 1950s. I don't know the exact date. It's the mid 20th century. But I would love to see us farming like pigeon. Huh. Squab, of course, but like things like pigeon. Another thing that I'd like to see that it's weird that you can't find when you go online is how many, you guys, okay, and I'm not going to say how many. Have you guys been to a restaurant that serves dry-aged duck? No. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you can you can find it. I want it. But why is it <coughs> that it's... Dario. <coughs> oh, man, full circle. But why is it that... <laughs> That's the wrong one. That's the wrong one. <laughs> I'm in danger. That... There we go. <laughs> but why is it that we can't self-source some of these ingredients, that's when you know it's really come to fruition in the the eye of the American populace or any country for that matter. We can't buy dry-aged duck breast online. Maybe you can at the moment you're listening to this. I couldn't find it. D'Artagnan and places like that did not have it available when I've checked. I'm like, do I have to do that for myself? I want that so bad right now. I can I, picture those flavors. Oh, I my think, God. I think that the elevation... And fetish, fetishization of poultry, like different breeds of chickens, dry aging poultry, and other proteins, but we won't get into that. And then hopefully, potentially, things like new fowl that we mm -hmm. haven't found very commonly. Even goose, like goose is exceptional, mm -hmm. and it used to be a big thing. Can we get goose? Can we get pigeon? Can we get dry aged duck breast? And like various breeds of chicken, like I order weird cuts of and breeds of chicken for um, making yakitori. yakitori. I want to see so much more of that, and I think this is the year that that's going to really happen. I love that. I love this so much. D dude, you're, you're just killing it. This, that, that I, I couldn't love that anymore. Mm -hmm. It's so great. I also, for all of our listeners, I just have to admit that every time you said pigeon, all I can picture is Keenan Thompson <laughs> as David Ortiz. What he's talking about. <laughs> hey, a spidget of pigeon. You're going to want it. You don't have to have the whole thing, but you have a little. A smidge of a pigeon. Oh, what that's, he, SNL? Yeah, SNL. He he used to do this thing where he was David Ortiz retired and was just endorsing different things. And there's all these different things like, <laughs> uh, today I am the new spokesman for Go Outside. Hey, are you are you bored? Go outside. <laughs> go outside. <laughs> you, you, you feeling oh, sad? Just it. go outside. And one of the things is, Smidget a pigeon. If you don't want a whole pigeon, hey, come to smidget a pigeon. Quiet, and that's going to be really hard not to use smidget a pigeon. It's literally <laughs> all I can think of. It is one of my favorite things. I, I can't even tell you. Like that and Bill Hader's Stefan sketch are probably the two things that I have watched the most. Yeah, okay. Over and over and over again because it makes me so happy. Oh, gosh. Wow. That, that's <laughs> SNL. Here's SNL. <laughs> it's, dude. When he starts listing off all the foods that he has for a big Dominican lunch, it's the greatest thing ever because they're all delicious dishes. And I actually found out about a few Dominican dishes that I had never had before because he lists off so many dishes that he had for lunch. Delicious and then I started looking it up and I'm like, oh shit. But but dry aged poultry. Yeah. I mean, come on. Come on. Please. Yeah, because when I've had dry aged duck, it's spectacular. And we. It's a separate thing, but we've gone beyond just dry aging beef. Yep. You can dry age 
fish you can dry age i mean like i want to see more of that exploration of various you know dry age some lamb dry I, age some pork i want to see more of that for for my family's uh wild rice dish my grandmother's recipe i slow braised a pheasant that my friend shot and it was the best literally it was the best version of that rice dish i've ever made because yeah. like, oh, yeah. the That's gamey right. flavor that. from yeah. that just came through so much more and just slow braised it so the whole thing just literally i just picked everything off with my bare hands Freaking fabulous. Mm. Wow. Like that, just that, but that one extra step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The dry, the dry aging. Mm-hmm. Yep. Give me that. Give me that. Brian Dat. Boom. Uh, right, well, I think you go back to back. No, Mr. Charles. I think, what? Are you sure? Maybe. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. You're correct. Controversy. Well, uh, a smidgen of cheers, pigeon. Cheers, To a smidgen of pigeon. pigeon. Smidgen of pigeon. Delicious dishes. <laughs> hey, do you want a little pigeon, but not a whole pigeon? <laughs> Have a spidget of pigeon. <laughs> God, I thought we were, I thought we were on the last topic. We're not. Okay. Easy. I am continually inspired by the labor labor movement in the US. Name a thankless job that definitely deserves better recognition and pay. Ooh, wow. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. You also. I guess every time I go to a restaurant, I think of everyone that you're not seeing. Hey, mm. you, you're like, on the money. Like literally course. every single person that you're not interacting with. Mm-hmm. And take Whether that backwards little, all the way through the whole chain. Too. What's that? Take that backwards through the entire chain of oh, supplies yeah, yeah. to of, get of that how too. the poultry got to you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I mean, it, it is it is that. Um, I mean, gosh, like those folks work so hard. I mean, the the and the talent that it takes to juggle all that you're juggling on the line at a restaurant at, at any restaurant. Um. I just I as someone that goes out to eat quite a bit, I I find myself thinking about that a lot. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Just on how um you know, I I don't pretend to I don't I own absolutely zero restaurants. I don't pretend to understand how the economics do or don't work. But um it it sure uh seems like the folks that you don't see probably deserve the biggest race mm. it is an astute point and you're super correct let me okay let me ask you a difficult follow-up question mm-hmm. should people consumers be more willing to bear the brunt of oh. rising costs so that we can th- treat all these people with the respect and care that they deserve. One hundred percent. Right. And I mean, it carries through. It's not trickle down economics, but it, it does carry through as long as it's being carried through. Uh, we, you have to be willing. Yeah. I mean, I know you are, I know if you say yes, you believe it and you mean it. I believe it and mean it too. That if the wissy wig, what you see is what you get price on that menu has to rise. I know that, we need we need to be able to say that if you if you're like afraid of the wishy washy nature of whether there's a service and a tip and and things like that, uh, we have to be willing to totally pay to 
Yeah, if to uh, play, absolutely, yeah. you have to walk the talk. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's 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 pretty simple. I mean, like, it, it's I mean, so many folks are are I feel like in the camp of like, well, that that don't that don't own restaurants mm-hmm. that are that just say, well, why is the steak so expensive? It's you know, it's forty dollars, whatever it is. I mean, that that should be plenty for for you. And it's like without having any knowledge. Mm-hmm. Of what it takes to actually operate this business. I mean, it's like you know, congrats on your accounting business, you know, Steve, but like or Sally or whatever it is. It's just like, but the yeah, a lot of bites have been taken out of that steak before it hit the table. Well said. A lot of bites have been taken out of that steak. That's I mean, and the the person that actually you know makes it for you. I mean, should uh, that person should earn a living wage? Yeah, obviously. I mean, it's and tough. It, it, would you say that, do you think that dining, like casual fine dining, we won't get into like real fine dining. Do you think casual fine dining is untenable? Do you think that we need to change the way that we eat? Jeez. Wow. We're going down a rabbit hole here. Um, do I think, say that again? Dry edge rabbit sounds real good right now. Yeah, rabbit uh, does sound good. Do you feel like dining as we do it today is untenable? Whether that's at like the level of the, the way that restaurants operate or whether it's a level uh, that we consume, what we're willing, to, how much of the brunt we're willing to bear. I think Tim Niver needs to be here right now. First of all, oh yeah, I would love but, to have this conversation with T Bone um, and the Biz. But <laughs> I think, I guess how I, I would answer that is, it, it, it is difficult, and I think it's really difficult to get all of the spokes to align and have both the guests be satisfied and walk away and feel like they've had a great experience and value for what they paid for and have the the host entity restaurant bar also walk away feel whole and the most successful restaurants and bars are where that intersection is the closest right Delicate, uh, and, right? And, and it's just, but that, and that's the the high wire act that it. I mean, kind of feels a little bit like a high wire act yeah. these days, where yeah. it's, it's really dangerous to, you know, or, or really perilous. I, I guess is the better way to say it of owning and operating restaurant and or a bar, or a creative space. Um, it, it's uh, should should we change the way we eat? I mean. Wow, that's I, I'm not sure how to answer that. Actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm I I I just what I what I want to do. I guess at the end of the day, what I want to do is identify folks that you know. I just I'll, I will specifically mention Alex Roberts at Alma as someone who understands just the whole entity and hierarchy of how how he wants to treat people, uh, his employees. And, and and also on how he wants to make the guests feel. I mean, like, mm-hmm. and I just reference that because I, just, I I know Alex and I've heard him talk about about that. And it's just always so inspiring to hear such a smart person talk about those things. And that's that's what I want. I want to seek out folks that are endeavoring to uh, balance that equation to the best that they can. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Gosh. Yeah, and I, you know, it's not like they're totally independent values but you can state that those people deserve better 
compense for what they do without necessarily having the solution to get there. Cause yeah. it's, cause it's not, those things don't have to necessarily be tied at the hip. Cause I don't think anyone would disagree with you. Sure. Right. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm saying anything too controversial. No, no, you're like, not. no, it, no, 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 no. I'm I just saying like, is it, I'm saying like, is there a pathway to proliferation for not just for them, but for restaurants? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a hard at, question. There's, it's yeah. like, you know, there, there's a part of there's a part of everybody that's like, oh man, it's God, that's a lot of money for a piece of chicken, right? That's fine. If you go to a restaurant, and you're like, that's more than I expected to pay for a piece of chicken. You're a human being. It's okay. It's your bank account. It's yep. your it's your mouth. It's your bank account. Yep. But then there's also the other part of the equation where it's like, well, what what's it going to take for this thing to be here forever? Because I love it and I come here every Valentine's Day and I don't want it to go away. And is what is paying that much for that piece of chicken? What's going to keep this place alive? And am I willing to pay you know that like tax to make sure that this place can be here forever i just so the thing that i keep get, getting stuck on and thinking about this yeah. is that we've disassociated what the actual like proteins are in these meals from like what they actually are you know like you can look at a chicken finger and you can you can convince yourself that that's not real <laughs> you know like that's not that's not a piece of chicken that you can find that is something that we have commodified into a separate product. A frozen chickens. bit you yeah. can buy. Yeah. A chickens bit. don't have fingers. Great. And so what we have to me, and again, this is just me. This is not empirical. But what we have is a bunch of people who are un, they're, they're unrelated to the food that they're consuming. We're, we've we've taken a human element out of that, and I think that makes it easier to think, oh, well, that's just super cheap anyway, because we've found ways to subsidize all kinds of mass agribusiness, and it devalues the actual work and the, that goes into the entire supply chain if you're doing it sort of the right way by adding in fake ingredients and things that disassociate where they actually come from. You know, instead of like knowing what a real tomato tastes like, we'll just use ketchup or tomato paste or sauce from question mark. Who knows? We'll do that with orange juice. I mean, literally, like think about how many people in your world have Tropicana in their fridge and then wonder when was the last time they actually had like a fresh squeezed orange. Great point. You know, like we we do this constantly in the search for profits for giant companies but that is never passed along to the places that actually have the burden of serving people directly. So you devalue the food, the idea of food itself, you devalue to the American public, and then you ask them to constantly have to support the restaurant industry more and more right. in things that they're now disassociated sure. from. Yep. So that that to me is, is the issue. We've, I mean... Um, Marco and I worked on for like three or four months. Marco Zappia and I worked on a, a we were going to make an animated cartoon before COVID hit to teach people like why your cheeseburger costs what it does. Oh my gosh. Because I don't think anybody understands it. They're like, I get meat and then I put it on a grill. It's cheaper. Why it expensive now? Oh. That, you're not even, you don't even understand like where you are in the in food chain. Story. You know, yes. like, and, yes. and that's not, that's not their fault. That's no. not anybody's fault. We've, we have pushed everything so far to the side where 50 years ago, you knew people in your life that grew the food or brought the food to your table. 
where now there are so many steps and so much processing that you can disassociate from that. And then now it's not a real thing. The human centipede. Yeah. Yeah. Early and figure. Yeah. Because the poop comes out. Correct. That's we, and that is, that's the crime in our society right now. Like that's the thing that I think keeps wages down and makes people go like, Oh, he's flipping burgers. Why is he just like that, that kind of weird because we don't understand how anything works anyway. So of course, when you're confused by why somebody wants more money, then you blame them as opposed to like looking around at record profits, record stock dividends. Yeah. And like, as though the person casting the aspersions themselves does not want more money for themselves and their family. Yeah. We all so, do better. Yep. I don't know. That's, that's my that's, that's weird soapbox. So, thing. I mean, I, so interesting. No, it's good. Yeah. This is a good conversation. And it's, you know, the, sometimes it's questions without answers. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is rhetorical in nature because like, I wish I had better answers for me. The best answer I can give, and it's no surprise because of what I do is the missing link is marketing mm-hmm. because there, there are the haves and have nots. Cause there are restaurants that can ask for whatever they want for whatever they sell because they're operating up here in my hands in the air because you can't see me. It's because their food's great. Their service is great. The ambiance is great. But the other thing is you need demand to outstrip production. No matter what you do, that is the golden rule. Make demand outstrip production. And if you can make more people want to sit down than there are seats for, then you can ask for a fair price where everybody is well compensated. There's no food waste. And everybody leaves happy because we have places like that and it's awesome. And I want more of those places. And for me, because it's what I do for a living, marketing sometimes is the missing link. Like people need to know, people need to know you exist and what you do and that they should find you. That's a fact. That is a fact. I do want to just say though, that my answer was fucking teachers. And I know that I'm preaching to the choir in this room, but that's, I, I, as much as I want to talk about the food industry, because that's, that's, near and dear to my heart. Yeah. I, I truly, of, of all the wild shit that I thought I would see in my lifetime, I did not think that I would live through an era where we Good made Lord. teachers the bad guy. Yeah. I just can't, I can't fucking understand it. And then on top of it, when, when they're shelling out of pocket to pay for supplies for your fucking chud baby. And then we're like, Oh, they're thieves trying to like, cause now, now also working as a collective union for better <laughs> payment. Like I can't, I, the idea of trying to teach the youth of a country how to learn basic skills to be successful adults and choosing to do that week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out is one of the most noble things I can picture in the human experience. And the fact that in our lifetime, we have somehow turned that into like a negative and that they collectively are a group that we can't trust and we have to take down is arguably the crime that weighs the heaviest on my soul that I have watched committed in front of me. Do you, do you gentlemen remember growing up the universal truth about this question if anybody asked anyone this question, who should get paid more? The answer police always what was teachers. It was teachers. Teachers yeah. and police were the two that, yeah. that I always Yeah, no, that's understandable too. But like yeah. the one that I feel like what it was just teachers mm-hmm. are underpaid, teachers yep. are underpaid. Like yep. when we were in you know, when you're in the school, they'd say, Well, I don't get paid enough to deal with your bullshit. Yep. Because I was a little piece of shit. But 
my wife is a teacher. My parents were educators. Uh, easy. Your parents were educators. Yep. Like the, the fact that we, we still have that conversation, but now that the tables turn, now there are people who are saying they're being paid too much or they shouldn't have jobs yep. at all. Yep. I was at, I was somewhere yesterday where there was a conversation in the background. I could hear a couple people talking about teachers and I could tell that it was turning that way. And I zoned it out. I started to have a louder conversation because I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to know it's happening because I don't want to have to interject yeah. or leave. But the fact that that's the world we live in, you're, I, you're totally right. It doesn't make, it's, it's a very upside down, topsy turvy world we live I, in. Because I just can't, if you've ever known a teacher in your life, you can't possibly feel that way. Like, I, it's just not, that's, yeah. Yeah. Fuck them all. Yep. <laughs> yep. They just, yeah. Teachers deserve, teachers mm-hmm. deserve better pay. Healthcare workers. I mean, I can't, I, I mean. We do well in many cases, deserve better pay because mm-hmm. of all of that they've had to deal with in recent years. I, that's what I was going to mention is like, I, I can't even imagine what teachers have to deal with these days For with sure. oh, everything absolutely. that's going on in the world. And with, I mean, like, and, and that can go any number of different directions, mm-hmm. but just like, wow, okay, now we have, know mass well, shooting drills it's like oh sure that's just part just, of life oh, you, you wow. know this the sad part is Holy like hell. that's what that's what i think about right is like that shit and fucking QAnon shit and like the pedophilia weird arguments but take all that away and just imagine trying to be a teacher for kids who have access to the world's knowledge at their fingertips sure like for us when we were kids it was Either if I don't know the answer, then go to the Encyclopedia Encyclopedia. Britannica and look it up. And if you can't find it there, we'll go to the library and we'll look it up. Like, I can't even imagine the amount of questions that you just have to field in any given day because every child has access to all of the world's knowledge. And it's just throwing darts at a fucking empty map. Well, I I saw this on the internet, so it must be true. Yeah. Hey, when kids went home in the 90s and asked their dad, for instance, what is the answer to this inquiry? They'd say, well, what did your teacher say? Mm -hmm. Now they'd be like, well, let me tell you, it's not what your teacher said, and you should go back and let them know. Always be skeptical. What a weird, uh, yeah. Our flat earth flipped upside down. Yes, exactly. Crazy. It's like an upside down pineapple cake. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I uh, honestly, those are, what's great about that is like, People working in a kitchen and teachers have to be on all the time. Mm-hmm. Cannot you can't not be at max efficiency mm-hmm. all the time. So I I love those answers in the syncopation between them. I'm gonna I, I thought I might say teachers. My wife's a teacher. I'm glad you sniped me. I'm gonna say based I'm gonna bounce off what we were talking about, like the chain of 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 food i'm gonna say fucking farmers yeah especially farmers that are in other countries like let's take for instance in our last episode was a coffee episode coffee farmers the amount of money they're getting for your 8.8 ounce gesha colombian coffee that ends up in your cup that you order online that got shipped all over the world twice and you have to pay for shipping and ends up on your table and it's like 40 bucks by the time you brew it in your kitchen the amount of money that the farmer that made that coffee received is, I'm not going to say borderline criminal. It is criminal. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's criminal. So if we're saying. Look at you, chocolate be, too. Oh, chocolate's, chocolate's more nefarious because of so much slave labor. Because it's legitimately criminal. Farming. Yep. 
actual child slave labor. Look it up. I don't want to get I don't get super sanctimonious on this show. But what I'm going to say is coffee farmers and a lot of farmers, particularly in foreign countries, like Mexico is an easy one when you look at produce. Those all those people are doing backbreaking labor, sometimes literally, and deserve to be compensated a lot more strongly for their efforts. I'll just leave it at that. Totally agree. And honestly, if you're even remotely curious, go down the rabbit hole on coffee and chocolate. Yeah, and there's somewhere that I'm happy to bear the brunt if that means that, you know, either the weight is shifted in that direction or things have to be a little more expensive. Because I'd sleep a lot better at night knowing that a coffee farmer wasn't making pennies on the pound. Yep. I mean, it, it, to me a little bit too, it also does uh, make me think of, okay, when you buy a bottle of Bordeaux for mm. $10 at the liquor store here in Minneapolis, like, wait a minute. How, what took, how, how, how does that happen? How'd that happen? Like, yeah. yeah. Yep. Like that, I'm not saying, like legitimately, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious, like, how did that happen? Because the shipping on that alone is and then packaging alone. It, the package, I mean, like it's just there's it's your just, packaging it, and shipping. It just kind of, I mean, it yeah, it probably probably doesn't even exist anymore. Well, is, there, look at, is there a ten dollar retail Bordeaux that exists? Probably. I mean, at some, that's I guarantee you, there's yeah, something there right now that somebody's trying to blow out. I mean, but look at look at Fiji water, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like that comes from a small island in the middle of the Pacific and ends up in gas stations yeah. all across America. Right. And the cost is that people that live on the island of Fiji can't drink clean water. And we just accept that. And we're wasting just, jet fuel to yep. blast water yep. in plastic bottles Correct. around our earth. Like, and, and like, like the, the, <laughs> you yeah. just right. pull the curtain on any of these industries. Is, it, is the next question, what's your favorite color? <laughs> I actually I do have a nice one. Hey, so if, if we want to it up. it's not a critique of the question at all. It's just like uh, at all. Yeah. I assure you, Charles, I love you to death, and I I, I love the uh, for for real though. I mean, this is yeah, like yeah. wow. What? Thank you for the conversation. Goodness gracious! Like seriously. Well, it does. It it really does make you think. You know. Yeah, and that's. I mean, it's an important exercise. Our listeners know that if they're. Sick of us being sanctimonious, so you can click that fast forward button. Yep. It, still, it still counts. Hey guys, it still counts. Just still counts. Keep that, keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. But to move on to the next topic, uh, to quote our friend Paul, we just solved all of the world's problems. There we are. Congratulations, everyone. Cheers. More like you're welcome. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to end it with with something a little fun. As a human being in his year on this planet. 50th. Is there, all right, I didn't know. Yeah, I saw you, you know, you, you, you jumped across a story did, from your we 40s. Did we did it. We made it. Yeah, buddy. But here at that uh, at that half century, is there something new that you've enjoyed eating lately that would be a surprise to younger you, to your family, or to your friends? The food only? Have you, or you could go anything that you want. Is there anything that you have begun enjoying now that you didn't? That would be a surprise to younger you surprise. or people that care about you. Yeah, okay. So, so if you guys, if you're familiar with the surprise, surprise, <laughs> yes. right? No, no, you're not. I don't even know how to describe it. But <laughs> anyway, it became it became a, it became a, a big thing at 
cabin weekend we had where the uh, the little man Odin just and and all the ki- and Florence just mm-hmm. like they, they they were just surprise surprise. So whenever I hear the word surprise, that's what I think of. Um, so is there anything that I'm surprised about in my fiftieth year that I enjoy now that yeah. I never mm-hmm. thought I would? Correct. Or would surprise others in your yeah. life? Some uh, combination. Uh huh. Um. I think as creatures that are, are any change is always possible if you decide. Yeah. And the older that I get, the more fascinated I am at random, like, oh, I like that now. We all, <laughs> like, I think there's a lot of stuff that we, we, we are very malleable. Malleable is the word I was going to use. That's exactly right. Do you have something or you want me to go? I'll go. No, no, no. I mean, I'm, uh, if, you, if you know off the top of your head, go for it. It's going to be, yeah, white wine. Yeah. Like for <laughs> white wine. White, yeah. Full I mean, stop. For most of my adult life i love wine and white wine i was like nah dog that ain't for me i didn't drink almost any white wine mostly i mean i can't say like not for lack of trying because no it is i just didn't think that i liked it and i did say i was open to finding something i enjoyed but i didn't try enough sure i remember when i had my dining group lumit that um Daniel Mays, friend of the show, just saw him a couple days ago. Love that guy. Hadn't seen him in a long time. He'd always order Riesling when we had these massive yeah. dinners with like 15 of our finest friends. He'd always order Riesling and he'd be like, Charles, drink some. And I, my association with Riesling is that my mom liked the sweetest Riesling you could find. That was what she wanted. Starling Castle. But he'd formulate and I'd be like, damn, that's good. And it would be like, I want to try, but I don't know what to get. I didn't, I didn't take a photo of the bottle. I don't remember. I don't know. Plus, even if you did take a photo of the bottle, it's sometimes Might not, not find helpful. it, right? Yeah. Or a stable or something. Now, like, I, I think the wine I'm most prone to order now, champagne excluded, that I'm most prone to order now when I'm out dining, Gruner. Like, mm-hmm. I Absolutely. want Gruner's nonstop, obsessed. You could tack Riesling on the back end, you know, vaguely similar profile but gruners gruner 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 like i want all of them all the time and they're not all made equal but i love them and honestly even like when marnie and i first started dating or early in our dating you know eight and a half years ago in that range if she would have offered me a white wine she would have thought better of it she'd have been like ah no he's not gonna he just doesn't want it it's not something that he enjoys so i think surprise to me surprise people i know yeah, like the exploration of, of white wine, that whole segment. Mm. Got it. I, and, you know, listening to you talk about that, you know where I would go is just in general, the fact that I make my living largely based around uh, the pleasures of the table and food and drink, I, I was a really picky eater. As a kid, mm, I love like that. I was just I was really picky, and my yeah. sister was the opposite. And then we kind of, sorry, and we kind of reversed roles. Not that, but uh, I mean, I was just a super picky eater. I I didn't like a lot of things. I didn't. Um, I I wasn't willing to try things, and and I'm talking like you know, probably through, um, high school. Probably okay, and I was curious. I was you know, when, when did that did you... right exactly? And then um, when I when I went to college, I started. Um, 
eventually got my own place and started cooking a few things and was like, oh, this is more interesting. It, it was more, and then what really, guess what, kicked it into high gear was working in a restaurant. Yep. And then it's like, well, wow, that's interesting. It's like, this is the free meal of the day. It turns out I need a free meal. Yeah. So let's eat that. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was this one meal at the Ohio University Inn. Um, it would have been my junior year of college where it was swordfish steak with kind of a pico de gallo. And it was super white. And I, had, I mean, this is Ohio in 1993. And, you know, so I just, I just never really, we never really had great seafood. The, the true story, the, the seafood market in my hometown of Athens, Ohio, you know what it was called? Harpoon Wally's. Yay! Come on down to Harpoon Wally's. You know what it smelled like in there? Death. <laughs> <laughs> it was brutal. So my sister and I went when we were little, very little, the my folks would go in there for who knows why reasons and they would buy whatever and it, it just i went in there one time and it was just like that hold your nose experience and it, but anyway um they didn't have it, they didn't it, have that good ice no they did not they no they did some. not um but I, I i just i think about the the evolution of of one's palate and yeah. You know, just being that that whole thing that we we always talk about, just being open to new things and trying trying different trying white wine, trying Riesling. We just had a bottle of amazing Riesling on New Year's Eve. Um, uh, I, I guess the, the yeah, if you if you were to ask my mother and father when I was a kid if they thought I would be um, you know someone that made their living from uh, you know enjoying the the pleasures of the table and um, being a voracious eater and curious about all things food and drink. They'd be like, nope, that's not, that's, that's not a thing. That's, that's not, a not thing. our boy. That's what was not the, our boy. What was the age of your awakening? If you had to identify like a year that you really like, 19. you got the little flame. 19. Literally that, same. Okay. 19. Same. Yeah. I was 19 that junior year in, in college. The and, wheels came off. You're yep. like, fuck it. Let's go. Uh, that would have been 20. Sorry. That would have been 20. Okay. Yep. Um, but it was, it, it, it just kind of like started to get, I got my own place, got, you know, really more into like, I was, I was trying to, was trying to not spend money and I, I just wanted to, you know, I, I, I was selling food at, at the restaurant. So, yeah. you know what I mean? It just kind of like happened over me as a very naive, you know, 20 year old from a small town. I was like, Oh, well, I'm, this is, this is the special tonight. Literally everyone that comes into this restaurant, literally everyone asks what the special is. I should probably taste this, even though, quote, I don't eat fish for absolutely no good reason other than I live yeah. in Ohio. Yeah. Um, and uh, tried tried swordfish. It was quite delightful. Um, and and that that that's it. I, then I mean you know I got a little apartment here and started making risotto and man just um and you know i had an aunt and uncle james and cynthia that that really took care of me when i i, I moved here and just exposed me to different things you know different restaurants and cooked together and i you know not that i didn't cook with my mom i mean she but but um th those those experiences just um 
man, so 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 formative, mm-hmm. um, exposing young people to new new experiences. So I, I don't know if that answers the question. No, but, it totally does. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's it. Uh, you don't. You kind of don't know it at the time, but my grandfather used to say, "Everything happens for a reason." Everything happens for a reason. You just might not know it at the time, and I, I, I can look back and find many instances of where that that has uh, proven to be very true. The beautiful thing about hindsight, right? You yeah, back yeah, and you're of course, like, wow, of like I can't, yeah, can't believe I I was that way before, but I'm happy that I've arrived to where I am today. Funny that you point out, like swordfish was also my gateway fish. Oh, yeah? No way, yeah. really. Yep. Interesting. Um, I actually, there's a picture that still exists of that night. So 19 was when I was like, okay, I should like, I should just try more things. And then it was, I was either 22 or 23 and I crashed. Two friends of mine were on a date and I was one of very few people that knew that they were dating. And I crashed their date at Ocean Air just to stop by and say hi and be like, ah, I got you fuckers. Uh, and they were like, no, seriously, like, hang out with us. Like, we don't, we've been keeping this hidden, so we don't ever get to, like, talk with anybody as a couple. Like, would you have dinner with us? And I realized in a complete panic that I am at a, a restaurant that basically only serves seafood, and I was not, I was not very, I did not eat a lot of seafood. Right. Like, fried fish, like, cabin style fish sticks yeah fish sticks or like pan fried sunnies and shit like that was about the extent of my food and i got i got a swordfish steak uh with um with peppercorns ground into the crust and then a brandy a poivre sauce and so steak a poivre with swordfish correct and it absolutely like sounds delightful i remember i remember at moments i wasn't even like a part of the the dining room table. Like I was, I was in a whole nother area. Yeah. Like I had shimmered out of this dimension and was just alone with this swordfish. And it was like, Oh my God, what else is out there? And then at that same time, I was going out for sushi every now and then and trying different fish there. And I started eating all different types of shellfish. Like I had never fucked with crab before that, but it was all just like, Oh, this was great. Why not just keep trying more things? It sounds funny what? when you say it like that. Yeah, I never fucked with crabs. I never fucked no crabs. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it was literally like I still vividly remember that meal. I remember the two humans I was with. I remember what we talked about. I think I even remember what all three of us were wearing because it was such a it was such a, a formative experience for me. Indelible memory. And then like once that door was pushed open, it just never closed. Yep. Yeah, visions of a mermaid swimming by and waving at you, like, gotcha. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> Another one, bitch. <laughs> Charles, what's yours? Wait, didn't I do mine? Did you do yours? Yeah, you probably did. Yeah, we've had a lot of alcohol tonight. Yeah. Uh, oh, so for me, um, the, what made me think <laughs> yeah. of this was I actually just gave myself a little bit of that. Uh, I think I might have a little of that neat because I did not drink any of it. Yeah. Um, what, what got me was... I, I, this isn't, it's like a non-answer answer, but it's that I don't, I don't question what's in anything anymore. Like when I was a, when I was a kid and a teen and in college, if I got a red sauce that had mushrooms in it, I would slowly like pick each mushroom out, move it to the side. If there were onions big enough that I could see them, I would do the same thing. And like, if, 
if I had the option to, I would ask, like, are there peppers in this? Are there onions? And then that would guide whether or not I ordered it. And for whatever reason, sitting over at our friend's house yesterday and having him mince up meat with which to make a steak tartare and bring it out with beautiful, gorgeous shallots and these amazing, vibrant olives, all just chopped up in there, mustard seeds, all that. And then, like, I got to tap the yolk and then just watch it slowly spread across the top of the tartare. And then we all just dug in. It was weirdly, like, it was it was nice to have, like, a celebratory moment. And I just kept going back to, like, me at 18 would have been like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. You're eating raw meat and raw <laughs> eggs. You haven't even cooked this meatloaf. Right? With a whole bunch of fucking gross-ass vegetables chopped up in there and then <laughs> mustard on top of it? What? You literally hate everything in that. Yes. But it was because I thought I hated everything in that. Man, that's qualm. Yeah, it's, that is... Yeah, I, you, you said that way better than I did. <laughs> well, Thank no, you. but that's no, it. <laughs> I, I just... I loved... I love just sitting and like, I thought about the things that I've eaten over the last week and every one of them would have been something that I would be like, ew, gross. Or like, can I get that without, I'm allergic to mushrooms and onions and peppers and basically all vegetables. And now I'm like, yo, load that shit up. Yep. Like, can we get some more tomatoes in there? Can we get some more? Like whatever I can get grown from the ground, I want more of it in there. Can I ask a question on this? Does, yeah. it, does it come a little bit, with trusting wherever this is coming from, like whoever's made, because like I remember where this is where that question comes from for me is um, when we had pizza night on Fridays when I was a kid. The basically the only pizza shop in town was Domino's, mm. and so Dad would get a pizza with you know sauce, sausage pizza for Aaron and I, and then he loved mushrooms on pizza, and so he'd get like pepperoni mushroom, and I just thought mushrooms were disgusting. But I didn't really know Domino's. There was no Domino's person that I interacted with. I didn't trust mm -hmm. Domino's. Mm -hmm. And I just found them. And I was just a kid. So I think as like, a kid, yes, I probably felt like that. Now, I I think now the more that I understand about, like, the science behind cooking in general, the more excited I am to just be like, that's a combination I haven't yeah, had but before. Yeah, but what I'm saying, exactly. It, and what I'm saying is, like, I just, uh, like, if I come over to your place for dinner, I just trust you. Yeah. And it's just yep. like, you know, you're, I trust whatever you put on the plate. It's going to be, I, I hope you put something on the plate that I've never thought of or never had, and I, but I completely trust you to try it. It's possible mm -hmm. that I approach this from a different vantage point because when we were kids, we would eat anything that we had available to us because we, you know, first of all, my mom would cook Lebanese food and try to cook American food. And, you know, we were of meager means. So we ate whatever we had. We would shop at discount grocery stores sometimes or like get the cuts that the butcher would otherwise not want. Like, believe it or not, bone marrow used to be pennies because they didn't want it. No one was eating it. We were eating it. Tongue, nobody wanted it. We were eating it. And also getting stuff from farmers where like families, like Lebanese families would like buy cows together and have them sectioned off and we'd get like raw milk. So I, I think maybe I kind of was more open to just, mm -hmm. I don't know where it's coming from or at times it was coming from like actually like a centralized source, like someone that a farmer who you could meet and shake their hand 
I have probably told a story on the podcast before, but me and my brother tried to push a boulder off a hill because they were about to cattle prod the cow, and we were like, we can't let them do it. Tony, come here. Help me push this boulder off the hill so we can crash it through the barn. So, wow. like, having a, a memory like that. So, yeah, yeah that was the vantage point I, I approached it from is I, I did have that at times. And also we had kind of like just a wide variety of where the food was coming from that I wasn't maybe as concerned with. Yeah. Where I've, it came from. So I've thought about that a lot because yeah. I did not grow up in necessarily like a cooking culture in my house. It was my dad split when I was three and it was just me and my mom and my grandmother would try and make stuff, but they were very much like a meat and potatoes Scandinavian family here. And so I think part of it was also just not having a whole lot of experience with it. But then I, I, I know that she was still trying to get me to eat stuff. And it was like, that was usually when she could provide something that was like, I'm making this from scratch. Sure. You'd be like, ew, gross. But let me, let me put down half a box of Vandy Camp's fish sticks, which I can't even tell you where those textures come from, but I'm okay with that. Yeah but not with like sauteed onions being in a red sauce. And I don't know where that came from. You know, like that, that's the early precedent, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing that I can really gather is just knowing a lot of people is that if it's, ah, they're fussy, just give them the thing that anybody will eat. Then they only want the thing that anybody will eat. Yeah. Cause I'd, there's a probably taste, right. right? Like, as a non-parent, I have no clue how to yeah, I also, a person alive. And I'm not saying, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? It's just like. I you can all agree I, to that. I have absolutely no clue what, what it takes um, other than, wow, is that difficult? Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I'm, I find myself continually, the, the more time I spend around the couple amazing small children that i'm fortunate enough to have in my life I've, i'm fascinated by their perspective and their palates and what they do and don't respond to yeah. and I, I have no idea like why mm. any of that is other than <laughs> their and is their anatomy in in their mouth is 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 you know not fully full i, I have no mm. i have no clue what, what's tasting going on tasting everything brains. for the first time what's that tasting everything for the first time right yeah can you imagine tasting a you know name a thing for the first time like it's wow mm-hmm. it's fascinating so it's exciting too they and it, you know they don't know it but there's something exciting about that well you know we all enjoy that you taste something that that you haven't had for the first time anything well, you've had and you're like fuck but that's so <laughs> yep. That's fleeting at our age. Yes. Right, 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 right. Before right. we wrap this up, can I can I ask you one more question, oh, Eric? No. So, <laughs> tough Sorry, shit. Of course, it's of happening. Course, it's happening. Of so, the last the last chunk of my unadventurous palate, weirdly, has been flavored potato chips. Oh. And I am Charles, currently having that moment where just about every flavor of potato chip I'm trying for the first time. And okay. it's fascinating. Like right now. Like currently in really? my life. Yeah. Okay. I was I was always anti I even hated Doritos. Like I was I I wanted a straight salt potato chip or a straight tortilla chip. That's it. Or a Pringle. Like a straight yeah, up original red can. I was literally going to ask you if this cuz I this is how where I was going was like, okay, do you mean literally potatoes? So like are we divide like are we dividing 
Pringles and non-Pringles, and Correct. but potato-based. Correct. But then you mentioned tortilla. But also tortilla chips. Uh, like, I, I don't... Well, there's, there's, not, there's not quite as many, like, flavors of tortilla chips. Sure. Like, you have, like, spicy ones, and you yep. have cheesy ones, and whatever. But, like, the world of flavored potato chips is fascinating to me, and I am literally navigating yeah. it as we go. Wow. And I am honestly, like, kind of in shock at how good and how bad... Some of them are. They, oh, man. Kind of like LaCroix. Yeah, it, it absolutely. Hits or it just or it's wildly the misses. worst thing you've ever had. Yes. Yeah. But it turns out uh, barbecue chips with a little slap your mama Cajun seasoning might be my favorite thing on earth. Okay. And I am 44 years old saying, like, I just, do you guys know barbecue chips are kind of good? Um, Pringles has a habanero flavor with a hint of lime. Those are fucking awesome. If you eat a stack, like, you're sweating a little bit. I mean, they're spicy. They're delicious. I, yep. have, I have friends who are obsessed with flavored chips. And when traveling, you're going to find... The, this, the, the Canadian all-dressed, let's fucking go. There's, like, crab chips yep. and... Oh, I'm here for all the crab chips. chips. The, like, the spicy shrimp chips. Everywhere. Like, I want it. I Yeah, I, I guess I, I've kind of found my lane with the flavored things, and I like the uh, salt and vinegar... Oh yeah, versions of I want things. To take the roof it, off my mouth. It pretty. <laughs> I want it. It's, it pretty much always works, no matter what brand it is. But then, you know, other than that, I'm pretty much a, a Pringles guy. And every now and then, like I'll have a, a barbecue or a or a habanero. I, I think I have had that one. I don't like the cheese ones. Um, I, and I do like the plain ones. And again, that is a serving size of one. <laughs> of one. Yeah, hundred percent. There is. If it's a can, like I'm holding my fingers like six inches apart. If it's a six inch can, or if it's a sixty six inch, the full can, tennis ball it, can. It, yeah. The, yeah. Either way, those are done. Uh -huh. For if they when they get opened, I plan on them not being there at the end of that. Okay. Session. So favorite flavor of chip for each of us? Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Easy. What's your favorite flavor of chip? Oh frick! I. Damn it! I'll do it. If, no, because I like to. I like to try different stuff, but plain. I just want salty chips. It's, I mean, that's that's always going to be my go-to. Okay, but, oh, but, sorry, but I, the, I didn't know if plain is a flavor. Yeah, but salty. Yes, just then like I would across, say yes, you know, one million any, percent. Across any brand, like plain Pringle, plain Ruffle, yes. yep. plain. Pl I want my number one. But if like, I have to add a flavor, baked, that's a corollary. Sure. I will fair. say that's I fair. really. Go barbecue and then add anything that makes it hot. No, but by itself, just by itself, like, like a, maybe spicy barbecue, like a spicy barbecue. spicy barbecue. If they make like it, otherwise, like straight barbecue. up, like old Dutch barbecue okay. potato chips. Mine would probably then be vinegar. If you yeah, add that's, something, yeah. ditto. Just Gosh, Marnie hates them, so I like. Same? Are we the same? If Can, Marnie accidentally dude, gets the vinegar chips, I'm like, oh no, hand them over. Vinegar, <laughs> salt and vinegar chips them. with milk chocolate is one of my favorite. Salty and sweet Whoa, combos wow, ever. That sounds terrible. But it's I'll try so it. fucking good. Again, one of those things where mm -hmm. I'm like, if you say it, I'll try it. But I'm not. What the I'm fuck not. Are you I'm not about? eating it in the same bite. But you, you go one and one. Quam is, one, Quam one, is a one. very elusive creature when it comes to snacking. I am. He's got some weird snacking stuff mm -hmm. that I think maybe listeners are either. Either they find it uh, repulsive or fascinating, or you know, or it's like, what are you yep. fucking talking? But I most it. of it involves <laughs> salty and sweet. I I like the duality or and like sweet and spicy. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> like, textures, baby. Yeah. I mean, I want it to turn into nothing. It's much like 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 soft serve. I want my snack yeah. like Pringles or yeah. Cheetos. They turn into like a slurry, and it's amazing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm I'm craving soft serve ice cream now. Like yeah. I like I'm. Ooh. I'm with crushed up oh, Pringles man, right over the top. It? About to go to Young Joni and get some pistachio ice cream with olive oil sprinkled on it. Mm. Well, we should probably uh, call it there so we can all get our asses out of here and get some olive oil ice cream. Or whatever. <laughs> some, or get some, yeah, dip some. Yeah, maybe we'll scoop it up with some uh, vinegar chips. Sam right. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's it right there. I'm in. Fuck it. 100%. Come on, dude. Uh, all right. So... To go back to the beginning of the episode, how do they follow along with the Ice Bar Adventures? Yeah, yeah. Ice Bar Adventures, um, obviously, uh, the Great Northern is curating this experience. Follow the Great Northern. Obviously, Minnesota Ice is making the Ice Bar. Follow mn.ice on Instagram. And then follow me if you want, Easy and Company, on Instagram. Shit. And I'll, uh, I'll I'll keep you updated. And uh, reach out if you like what we're doing at Minnesota Ice and tell me what you, you like and what you don't like. And... Uh, we uh, we appreciate all the support from uh, from from Charles, from Ben, from everybody, um, from all the 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 restaurants and bars that we work with. Just it's just such a privilege to get to um, kind of interact with and hopefully assist uh, in some small way. Dude, it's nice having a product as wonderful as yours. Oh, yeah. Thank you so with much. With the human behind it, my man. My bad. Yeah, uh, Charles, any housekeeping shit that we missed? I didn't. We didn't really kind of chat about this no not really uh i'm yeah i'm super pleased that we had easy on for number one in 2024 we love easy uh first three-time guest and our listeners love easy too so this has been uh an absolute pleasure great conversation and, hey we got a great year coming up yeah. and it, it, i'm not just talking about the show i'm talking about like culturally food beverage i know there's some maybe some perceived negativity where we're talking about like ins and outs but there's yeah a lot of good things coming. Support your locals, support your friends. Um, let's let's fucking get it. If you end up in the Minneapolis St. Paul area, uh, end of January, uh, I will be hosting Iron Bartender yet again. So the fourteenth, twenty first, and twenty eighth of January, I'll be shouting into a microphone while friends put juice in cups. <laughs> and uh, I think there's still a probably a good chance that Charles will be judging one of those yeah, days too. I don't know. So we're, we're still trying to figure all that out. But either way, uh, if you end up in the Minneapolis St. Paul area and you want to come by, please do. Um, it's a fundraiser for project black and blue, which gives tangible resources to people in the service industry that are so woefully underpaid. Um, everything from access to mental health um, to uh, straight up. Like if Actual your car health. breaks down and you need to get to work right. they got you and like actual health actual health care like they got you or something like, yeah yeah it's it, it's a wonderful group of people and that charity is 100 percent a work of love from the human beings that started it uh i couldn't be more honored to be raising money for them again this year and uh again if you have the bandwidth in your world there are all kinds of charities in everyone's neighborhood no matter what nook or cranny you are on this circular globe um Reach out if you have the time and the bandwidth. Uh, every charity right now needs it, and this world for sure needs a little bit more kindness and warmth. Yeah, it's called a globe. So globe. It's called a globe. Oh, fucking spherical and shit. All right, we love you guys so much. We'll see you soon. Much love.